Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Dimmitt. This is a very fun episode. My guest today is Adrian Venoni. Adrian is an up-and-coming sport climber and trad climber and big wall climber from the Pacific Northwest. He's based in Washington State, and he's got a ton of energy and psych for climbing. We had a lot of fun in this conversation. This one feels like two friends just catching up and talking about their recent sends, their projects, and things that they want to do. This was really, really fun. Adrian has been on a rampage recently. He sent his first 514 less than two years ago in the summer of 2022. He's sent nine 514s total since then, including some of the hardest finger cracks in North America, Cobra Crack up in Squamish. He did the first ascent of a 514 finger crack up in the Enchantments in Washington. We talked about that. Prayer for a Friend is the name of that route. He's also free climbed El Cap multiple times, including doing the free rider in a day. If you don't make it all the way through this episode, make sure you listen to his story about doing the free rider in a day. It's at the very end. You can scroll down in your podcast app and find the nugget or the timestamp for that story. It's a really epic story. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. There's definitely a lot of inside baseball in this episode. Adrian and I geeked out in great detail about some routes at Smith Rock and Little Sai in Washington and some other Northwest crags. And it was really fun. I think you Pacific Northwest listeners will love it. And if you're not from the Pacific Northwest, sorry. I think this is a great episode all around, even if you're not from the Pacific Northwest. All right, please enjoy Adrian Venoni. Sorry, I haven't used Zoom before. There was like a bunch of different things that I didn't know how to click and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. <laughs> it's okay. Totally cool. okay. Sweet. Well, yeah. I like the I like the mustache. It's oh, thank you. Awesome look. This yeah. is my this is my pirate look. Yeah. It's very, very nice. Just need some With like the... big hoop earrings or something or like a fang <laughs> in my ear. Yeah, yeah. That'd be sick. That would be sick. Yeah, cool. With the shaved head, it's like a clean look. Looks good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, <clears throat> this just happened yesterday. I was, I was just. Oh, cool. Yeah, it look, it looks clean. Now. I was, I was sick of it. Done. Does that happen to you? Like when I some like I don't know. I'll, I'll get to the point where I'm like not thinking about my hair, not thinking about my hair, just going about my life and like not showering because <laughs> I'm in Waco. And then there, there just yeah. there's a moment where I'm like, I need to cut my hair. And it needs to happen right now. And I, I like can't stand it any longer. Do you get that? Actually, so much of the time. So my I cut my hair pretty recently. It's I have my hair down to here like a bit ago. And I pretty often do where I'll cut my hair like once a year because I'll just do what you're saying where I don't really care that much about it. And it'll grow out and it'll look fine. And my hair like looks kind of fine at any length. It doesn't look amazing, but I don't like put too much effort into it. And it has like a messy look that's that's all right works and for then yeah. it'll be like in my eyes and or it'll just be like annoying me a bit more or i'll it'll take more effort to take care of it and i'll be like i'll like kind of lose it a little bit i'm mm -hmm. like i cannot stand this and then i and then i normally struggle to get it cut for a while still any of my friends will say that i was saying i was gonna get my hair cut for like two months and then didn't happen until i was like had a month in seattle where i like had no like climbing available. So I was like, well, I'm going to get my hair cut now. <laughs> Until you have nothing better to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of, pretty much. Yeah, you just need like a Ron Kalk bandana. Like, go for that look, you know? Yeah, well, I did that when I was like, when I first got into climbing, I was like, I had hair down to like here. And I like did the whole bandana thing. And I don't know, I don't like climbing with stuff in my head. I really, mm. it, it actually bothers me quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really like climbing with a helmet. I'll do it when I need to. Dude, same. I know. I just, I really, I don't like the feeling of something being on my head. I don't know why it bothers me. Yeah. My headphones are okay, actually, which is kind of weird. Headphones are okay. But they kind of bother me still, annoying. Like when they're like wiry and they get in my way. But in yeah. general, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing worse than having wired headphones yanked out of your ears. You know that? <laughs> that feeling? I'm so. I'm like instantly enraged when that happens. Yeah. They catch it, on something, they snag. You're like, yeah. oh, God damn it. The length of the Apple ones is so perfectly like a loop right below my knee. If my phone's mm. in my pocket, mm-hmm. so then as if I have them in my ears and they're not like through my shirt or anything, and I just step, and or like I sit down, they will get under my knee and they will just rip out oh. of my ears. And it happens. It was happening like on at least a daily basis when I was in bend because I just have my headphones in so much of the time. Yeah, it was annoying. That's but yeah, the worst. It is, but yeah, less of that now. Well, it's good to see you again, man. Yeah, good to see you too. I don't think we've chatted face to face since like the one time. I think we've just like yeah. exchanged like texts and stuff over Instagram and stuff. Before, totally. But, yeah. 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 The one time yeah. at the circuit. When was it? Was that three years ago? Circuit. I was trying that to remember. Was, yeah, it's got to be about three years ago. It was when I was living in Bend. That was like right as I was like transitioning away from living in Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been what about 2021. 2021, I think. 2021, that that tracks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think three years right. ago or two and a half years ago or something. Yeah, depending on the time. Something, of yeah, year. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was the. It was right before I like came back to world like came back to Washington, had like a really great summer. So it wasn't. It wasn't this most recent spring, but the spring before that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. No, 2022. 2022. Yeah, 2022. Okay. Yeah, well, man. Yeah, that yeah. puts things into even more context. Do you remember the conversation that we had? Yeah, we were talking, well, because I remember that I wanted to talk to you about like all the roots at Smith because I was doing, at that time, I was doing the whole like, like trying to climb 514 at Smith thing that like you've talked about a lot on your podcast. And I was like, oh, I want to talk to you about all these roots. And I'd heard about how you'd done on all of them. So I was like, I had like a lot of questions for you, actually, if I remember correctly. Because well, you, you like, you were trying to climb your first 514, right? Yeah. And so yeah, you're like, which one? Like, what? what's the one that makes the most sense? Yeah. And then since yeah. then, I mean, that, if that was two years ago or like a year and a half ago or whenever it was, um, man, you've been on a freaking rampage since then. It's been yeah, sick. Yeah. Yeah. A bit for sure. Especially with like the single pitch routes. I've like done quite, quite a bunch of those. And I feel like that actually is somewhat because when I was struggling with climbing 514, there was significant, there was like a significant mental barrier there where I would like, I wanted to do like the right 514 is my first one. Mm. And I think that I like let myself get really like when I talked to you, I think I'd gotten really close on Scarface, Mr. Yuck. And I'd like climbed on Batman and I'd, and I'd gotten really close on like two different, like a different route of world wall as well. Mm. But like, not like really close, but like hadn't invested all the effort that was necessary to actually do the route. Um, but had I invested the energy, it like looked like it was going to would have happened. But I kind of like kept switching up what I wanted to do because I was like, I don't know if this is the one that I want to do or like, or Scarface was like tweaky or yeah. And then I was like climbing on Batman, I think when I ran into you, mm, which okay. which ended up being not my first 514, but my first 514 at Smith and still the lo- my longest project to date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
which was like this epic long thing. Took like two seasons and I fell a million times at the top. Oh man. Yeah. 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 That, that, but yeah, and I'm, then, I'm feeling trauma. Yeah, I'm getting triggered. Oh, here, I'm sure. Yeah, you talk you about upper pocket move, right? Like a bunch of times. Yeah, like that final crux stab to the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I fell there from the yeah. ground quite a few times. Probably, mm-hmm. probably like eight times where I was like, where I thought I might do yeah. it. You know, where I felt good, yeah, got totally. set up for the move, and was like, Holy yeah, you shit. like came into the undercling, and you're like, I kind of feel good. I kind of feel standing good. on my feet. I'm not flamed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's hard on that route too because you don't get any, any like real rests. You can shake. But you don't actually get yeah. there. So getting there, being like, oh, I feel okay is like really exciting. And then you're like excited and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to do it. And you don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's interesting. You're touching on something that I think is, I've really noticed this in the last uh, few years. I think one of the biggest things about hard climbing and especially breaking into new grades is really, it really just comes down to sticking, like sticking with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like as I've traveled more and I, I keep switching styles between bouldering and sport climbing and that that was kind of fun for a f- couple of years, but I realized like this just isn't working. I need to like really mm-hmm. hone in if I want to do something rad for myself. Um, and now I'm trying to do that with bouldering because I realize, okay, that's what I want to do for now. But but yeah, I mean, it's so easy. Um, I think in the last few years I've collected like four or five different routes, like 13D or 14A that are close, but I just need to go back to them. Like all I need to do is just go back to them and put the time in and they'll probably go down. But it's easy to just kind of collect these, you know, bits of unfinished business all over the place. That is, I, it's so relatable. I have for like the amount of routes that I've done, I have like three times as many that I have kind of almost done or like invested energy into and been like, Oh, I could do this if I like had a little more time or like mm-hmm. wanted to invest all my energy into this. But I think that, yeah, oh, this is such an interesting thing to start with. Cause I actually, um, I love investing a lot of energy into roots, but I don't want to do it all the time because I love doing it so much that I find myself diving into these projects and then I don't do as much other climbing or I'm like only invested in trying to do like the hard thing. And I don't like appreciate doing like, you know, like mid 13s, like I haven't done that many 13 pluses because if I'm going to do like whenever I'm trying something that's 13 plus hard, it's like pretty hard. And if I'm going to do something that's pretty hard, I might as well like try something that's like really hard. <laughs> it's kind of like how it's gone for me in the past. Yeah. I'm like, I might as well, if I'm going to have to like spend multiple days on this, I might as well like go in on something, which is not, a, maybe not like the best way to go. Cause I have so many things that I haven't actually done that if they were a little easier, I maybe would have done, but I just like tend to be inspired by things that feel more challenging. That's the key too. Yeah. Yeah. But you like have to, you have to like keep hammering away at them if they're like that hard. Mm -hmm. And like with our lifestyle of like traveling around and wanting to be in new places and conditions changing and friends going to new places. And, you know, you stay in the same area for like a month and a half and you're like, oh, going somewhere else sounds pretty cool. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of ready to leave. And then you're like, oh, I could leave my project. It's all right. (laughs) <laughs> and that happens just like all the time. It'll be there. The, the ledge, there, the ledge yeah. will be there. Little the side ledge will, will be, be there. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I, I love that ledge so much. Uh, yeah. It's like, I could, I could do, I, we could talk about World Ball the whole time. <laughs> the if you wanted to, I don't think we should. I don't think that's like, the, the, I had the same the exact, same exact conversation with Sam. He's like, I, he's like, I am so passionate about that place, but the ledge <laughs> only takes so many people and we probably shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what's cool is actually there's, um, there's a new crag that's like being developed in the, in the area. It's like up exit 34, up uh, middle fork. And it's got like a bunch of new, like mid twelves. 
and like a bunch of new like mid 13s and then like a bu- some like projects and stuff too that'll be like another like hard sport cliff mm. so there'll be hopefully a little bit more dispersion for especially oh, for people that have like climbed a lot of the things at world wall and like are happy to climb on new stuff yeah but yeah which is cool for us like people that are from seattle and like want more yeah like steep sport climbing to do there's only like the one cliff but totally. it's so good. It's, it's such like, a good cliff, though. It's hard to not like want to keep going back. Yeah, yeah. You, and you've uh, we talked about that when we first like t- uh, chatted too, because you've spent a bunch of time there as well. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say a bunch. I've I've done like a handful of shorter trips, and I've climbed um, kind of all the classics on the World Wall. We're talking about uh, the World Wall at Little Sai outside of Seattle, yeah, yeah. Washington, for people listening. And um, I've mm. climbed kind of everything up through like chronic. I haven't done okay, yeah, yeah. flatliner or illness or um, any like the 13 season above. I really want to go back and try uh, porn star. That thing looks totally mega. Oh, it's so, it's so good. It that's, like, yeah. yeah. Mike always tells me that's the best one. So it is, it's, it's definitely the best one. I think that there's a bunch of different ways to kind of climb into it too, that make it the best one. I think if you just do it as is like just porn star, you like start on one and then you like, link into it and then it's really good that way but you can do all these other starts into it that like add so much and make it like really full value so yeah anyways we don't need to talk about this the entire time but yeah i love that route i love that rock climb um i've gotten a lot of friends stoked on it yeah i don't know many people that have gone up it and been like that sucked Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think any what what is your what does your lifestyle look like? You're just working and, and kind of living full time. I mean, I say full time, you travel all the time, but you're based in Seattle. Yeah, full time. Yeah. Um, so based out of Seattle, roughly. So I grew up in Issaquah. My mom still lives here in Issaquah in this house that I'm in right now. Um, and I kind of just use this as home base whenever it like makes sense, I guess. Um, so in the summer, one of the best place to be to me is in Washington. Because we've got like amazing Alpine Rock, we're not that far from, we're not even that far from Squamish, but we've got Index and we've got World Wall. It's kind of a great place to be. And then I can work. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm back here working for the month of January because I just didn't really feel like being in a van in the winter in the U.S. again for a while. And I, like, I kind of <laughs> again, just, yeah. I want to, and like it just kind of is the time of the season where I need to work and make money and. I was down in Bend and I was planning to be, I think I was telling you, I was planning to be in Bend and try and do some routes there. But I was like poking around for work and it just kind of wasn't really like looking like it was going to be that lucrative. And I was, I needed to make money this month because in a few days I leave for Australia. Mm. And um, I work at a gear store in Seattle and they quite enjoy having me there. And I can kind of on shorter notice, let them know that I like want to work in there pretty psyched and they had a ton of work for me actually i've worked like six days a week since i've been back um and yeah they just kind of were like yeah you can come work and so i came home i've been training in the gym before and after work and which is like good for me it's like something i don't prioritize enough and Mm. i wanted to prioritize that anyways that was the point of being in bend me and my friend victoria who you know we're just like raging in the gym and like going to smith and trying some projects but uh, I realized I need to make money, so I came back here. And then, yeah, so that's that's right now. But normally, I'm like traveling around in in the van in the Western U.S. Or I have a van now. I used to live out. I lived out of a car for like four years. <laughs> but yeah, that was the theme. Was like for, I love like, it, just dude. traveling around. Yeah, and uh, climbing as much as I can, and that's it. Falling weather. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's it feels funny. Weird. Sorry, what so, feels weird? 
Uh, it just feels weird being back here and I haven't climbed outside in a, a mm. month. It's like the longest, it's the longest I think I've gone since I, I hit the road the first time. Yeah. Without climbing outside. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's good. Yeah. It's good to like diversify a little bit. Yeah. It's it's funny. I get a lot of, um, I get this request from time to time. People are like, you know, I love hearing from the pros. I love hearing from like all these amazing climbers, but you should have some like normal folks on the show. You should have yeah, some like yeah. normal people that just work normal jobs and maybe have families and nine to five and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, what do you want? Like, do you want that person who's like also climbing hard? Cause I've had a lot of those people on and like more often than not, this is what it looks like. It's not very glamorous. Yeah. You're like living no, in a car not. and doing whatever it takes yeah. to spend as much time totally. rock climbing as you can. Exactly. And it's not very glamorous, like from the outside, but I actually would, I would, my life is amazing. Like it's glamorous <laughs> for me. Like I get to go spend amazing <laughs> awesome. times with amazing people in amazing places all the time. And like, I don't like have a ton of money to go like buy super fancy things all the time, but that's, I don't really care. Like I get to go out and like be in really cool places with good weather and go rock climbing all the time. My life's pretty, pretty glamorous in that way. I don't like spend very much time being super stressed about like mm. things. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I'm normally stressed about like my rock climbs, which is like <laughs> a pretty pretty silly thing to be super stressed about, you know? Right, right, but, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. there's all the privileges of being able to live in a car and, and do all that and have the safety net totally. of not being stressed about money and stuff. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the people, <laughs> I don't know, like it, it, it kind of all comes down to priorities. I've seen a lot of really creative mm -hmm. ways um, to make it work for people that just have to be out there climbing on rock. They, they always make it work. Totally. Um, what kind of car were you living in for four years? So it was a Toyota Highlander. So it's like a, an SUV. It's like, it's bigger than like an Outback. Um, but it's not like a lot bigger than the Outback. <laughs> um, and I am like anyone who has ever, ever saw that car or knows me, knows I am not a very organized person. Uh, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like kitted out like i know my buddy tavish lived out of a prius for a while but he had like this perfect frame and he had like his organization and everything was like pretty dialed so it, like it looked kind of heinous because he lived in a prius but like it worked mm -hmm. versus like i kind of like had the things that i owned like just to the side on my bed and then like my bed and it was like not very it wasn't like that part was not glamorous <laughs> it was just what it was uh -huh. and it was a place to sleep at night yeah and a place to store my things what have you upgraded yeah. to now? I have, so I've upgraded to this older Econoline that has like had some stuff redone on it. So it's supposed to be like with a bunch of like new transmission, new engine, um, but the van's quite old. So I actually very frequently have issues with it. So I'm dealing with that as like a new crux. And I get like the living space inside, which is really lovely. And I can cook inside, which is amazing. Uh, I can like have friends over into my space, but <laughs> I sometimes can't get my car to go places, uh -huh. which is, yeah. So there's some trade-offs there. Better house, worse car is, is the exactly. trade-off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. But it, it gets like surprisingly okay gas mileage because um, the people that had it before me, they lifted it like really high. Um, but it's like a two-wheel drive car, which is kind of crazy. It's like two-wheel drive, but super lifted. So it's kind of ridiculous, but it gets really good gas mileage because the the tires are so big that okay. once it gets going, it kind of just like wants to keep going. Oh, that's so interesting. I'll get like fifteen. I'll get like fourteen to fifteen on the highway. Okay. Terrible in the city, atrocious in the city. But um, when I'm back here, I still have access to the the uh, Highlander that I used to drive because my mom hasn't sold it yet. So I'm 
just drive that to work. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I always thought the opposite. I always thought the lifted cars got, I thought that was like a negative trade-off for gas mileage, but maybe that's just in the short term driving around town and it's better on the the highway. Yeah. I, I mean, I always thought that too, but I've just been surprised at like, if I'm just driving on the highway, like a long drive from like Yosemite to Vegas or Vegas to Bend or whatever, I've been really surprised at how far I'm getting to go on like a certain amount of gallons. So it's probably not amazing, but it's better than I thought it would be, I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not stopping every like 30 miles. Uh Uh-huh. I'm curious why, like how, how is it that you've settled into the kind of circuit of locations that you've settled into? Like, did you expect to do as much trad climbing as you've done when you and I were talking at the circuit and you wanted to climb your first 514 at Smith? Because yeah, in the last couple of years, like you've done I don't know, half a dozen plus 514 sport routes up to 14B and some really iconic, like classic hard ones. Uh, but then yeah. you've also done like Stingray, you know, 13D in Joshua Tree and City Park, right. 13 plus Index, and you've freed El Cap now, and you've done El, El Cap in a day, yeah. and you've done the Cobra Crack mm-hmm. and like all these badass trad things. Um, yeah, where did that come from? Was that was that something you were psyched on from the beginning? That was from the beginning. Actually, when I when I ran into you, I had like just kind of hit my sport kick. Um, not maybe just, but like I um my I was like really stoked on trad climbing. That's what I did. Like all the beginning of my climbing, I would do go out and do a bunch of multi-pitches and try to climb like 10 pitches in the creek a day and just do the whole like I was really psyched on crack climbing. I really wanted to trad climb. I was really stoked on like trying to on-site 512 on gear. And stuff like that. Oh, that's right. And you, then, and, um, you and Sam on-sided Moonlight Buttress like your first time climbing together, right? No, Sam. So we did that separately. Me and Sam's first time climbing together, we went and did a crack called Desert Gold. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Neither of us, okay. neither of us did it that day actually, but we went up and tried it. Um, yeah, and so like I'd been when when I met Sam, I'd been like almost only trad climbing up to that point, um, with like a little bit of bouldering. Sam Stro for people listening. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, Sam, Sam Stroke, my my best friend, my climbing buddy. Um, yeah, so when we when we met, I'd mostly been almost only trad climbing. I'd done a little bit of sport climbing. I think I'd done my first like 513. I think I'd done like two 513s that were both sport routes. So I'd played with I'd like sport climbed, but I was like very trad focused. And then the year that I lived in Smith, I got pretty stoked on like the idea of trying to climb. 514 and just trying to climb hard sport routes but i actually i did stingray as my like fourth 513 and it was my oh, wow. first like i'd done i did chronic which was the like the 13b at world wall and then i hadn't done another 13b and then i did stingray wow so like it was my first like 13 plus was stingray and then i like came back to world wall and was like oh, i just climbed this 13d trout route and i did it really when i did it i did it really really quickly or surprisingly quickly to me at least um and I was like, I think maybe if this is like this 13D route and I just did it pretty quickly, maybe I can climb 514. So then from that point, I was pretty stoked on the idea of trying to climb 514. And then it took me like a year to actually do it. Um, but in that process, I climbed like some 13 pluses and stuff. But in that time period is when I met you and when I got stoked on sport climbing. But up until that point, I was like really trad focused. I just wanted to, I always wanted to free all cap from like the beginning of my 
like being on the road, that was the goal. My first year on the road, I was like 19 and I was like, I'm going to do all the things to climb the free rider. Like I'm going to learn how to off with climb so I can do the monster. And I'm going to like learn how to boulder V7 so I can do the boulder. And I'm just going to granite crack climb until my hands bleed every day. <laughs> and yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. think, uh, I think my episode title for Sam was botching it and sending anyways and and that yeah, was I think it, I think because it was. of you two yeah. on the side of el cap like not having a rain fly on your portal ledge and just weathering it out in a storm and somehow yeah somehow sending there's i think there was yeah so we did um golden gate in the winter which wasn't it wasn't raining but we just like ended up putting ourselves in we did have like one or two days where we were like in some like proper like like in a waterfall kind of um, but one day we like Sam got covered in the middle of the night, like this flow started that we didn't know about and he was against the wall. So his sleeping bag got soaked and he like was super wet. And then the next night we were, yeah, we like bivied in a waterfall. But other than that, we weren't in a storm. Like the weather was actually amazing. It was just like seepage from the season. Okay. But there was Sam got in a, stuck in a storm with Tavish when they tried El Nino. Okay. And they had a rain flood, but it didn't really work. And they just, they actually weathered a storm with a rain flood. I'm, I'm mixing all my stories together. Sorry, Sam. No, uh, it's okay. Sam has, Sam has like a bunch of stories of like heinous. It seems when he goes on El Cap, he just gets soaking wet. It's like what happens, <laughs> which is a, like a little bit less of the case for me, which is pretty cool. Um, but for him, it seems to be the case for sure. But yeah, that crazy storm was not me. I was not a part of that, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> yeah. But um. Mm. But yeah, but yeah, we've like done, like we did Golden Gate that year, which we did in the winter. Actually, we did it like this time of the year. Was that and you freed it? Was that your first time? Yeah, we El freed Cap? it. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my first time freeing El Cap. Sam had done the freerider. Um, he did it in a day that fall, and then this is in 2022. Yeah, 2022, and uh, yeah, we did it ground up to the to the summit. Sick. It. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we had to try any pitches more than three times. Except nice. I think we had to try moves moves on pitches more than that for sure. We like uh -huh. sat at the move on the down climb pitch like a lot, but we technically left the belay, which is like kind of a silly way to count tries. But yeah, we technically left the belay like three three times, and that was a crazy experience because that was like um, that was the dream for me forever was like freeing El Cap, and then I kind of got to the top and was like, shit, what do I what do I want to <laughs> do now? I, I did it, <laughs> I did the thing, mm. and then it was pretty obvious. I was like, oh, I want to do it in a day. Especially because Sam had already done it in a day, so I was like, I know I can do it because Sam did it, and we're the same, <laughs> which is not like, which isn't like totally fair, but I think that's how we think of it with each other. Where like, that's if cool. Sam does something, I'm like, I can do it, and if I do something, Sam's like, I can do it, which is funny because actually, our tick lists for how much we climb together and how much we're stoked on the same things are like super different. Oh, really? Like, because we try like a lot of the stuff together, but it's pretty. A lot of the time, it'll be like one of us succeeds and the other one doesn't, but the other one could have succeeded, but like it just wasn't in the cards or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like like um, a sport sport route we were trying this summer called Lost, like Lost Horizons, doing it, and Sam got like unbelievably like unbelievably close mm. multiple times, but just like, and then when he came back, it was like in the rain and like it just like didn't work out for him, um, and it just like happened to work out for me, mm -hmm. and then kind of the same with kind of the same with Cobra. I spent a little bit more time on it. And so I like had a bit more, I was like farther in the process by the time the season was ending, but like, he was like trying that too. And like, you know, doing really well on it. And then, yeah, but didn't do it. 
and so those are kind of like two of the bigger things that I've done. And then like, yeah, Sam did El Corazon in a day, um, which is like amazing. I'd, I'd be stoked to talk about, uh, talk about like what that is and like, well, get how, into how like what that really is. what that really entails yeah like what that group, what that yeah. entails and it's it's not just like kind of like doing an elk and then like in a day it's like freeing a ton of really hard climbing like mm-hmm. back to back to back mm-hmm. like none of it is slabby it's yeah um but we can talk about that later but yeah i was like i was also trying that and like it was it just happened to work out where like i got sick and it wasn't in the cards for me to do it but sam did it and that's kind of how a lot of our climbing's gone where like yeah it's just like worked out one or the other way most of the time we're like with each other when each other succeeds it's just like yeah and there's a lot of things we've both done like golden gate and we both did the free rider in a day a year apart but we did do it and then like indian creek stuff and yeah is that stuff do those things feel like uh unfinished business for both of you like is it important are you going to go back yeah so you're eventually you're going to have the exact same tick list when it's all said and done and the dust settles you're going to be exactly the same yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, because I think definitely, at least for me, when Sam does something, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, my buddy just did this super awesome route. Like, I have to do it. Um, and I think it's like, kind of, I think it's kind of the same. I think that we are inspired by slightly different things in some ways. Like, I think I'm a little bit more like finger crack focused than Sam is. So, like, I don't, Sam has expressed that I don't think he really wants to do City Park. Mm. Like, that one's kind of like, it's thin and it's like pretty brutal if you're not really wanting to do it. <laughs> um, but to me as a Washington climber and as like Godzilla being, you know, the thing to the right being like my first five, nine ever and like mm. touching that route, like that's cool. A bunch of times I was like, I have to do it. I have to do that one. Um, yeah. And then Super famous Todd Skinner line for people that don't know. That yeah. The, yeah. That's a, I forget this is like a, a podcast that I'm supposed to like explain these things. Sorry, if I'm just like rushing through things, talking. We're just hanging like, out. We're just to chatting. You. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could be a little bit like, slower <laughs> with what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry, I get psyched on these things and I just... It's like, okay. I know, I know okay. you know, so I'm... Uh, um, but yeah, so that's like... What was I saying? Yeah. City yeah, Park. Yeah, I think we'll probably try... We'll probably try to have like a similar tick list by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all the things that we talk about wanting to do in the future, like we generally talk about like these things that we want to do and we like want to do them together. Like most of our big future LCAP objectives and big expeditions that we want to do and stuff we like want to do in the future. And I think there's a few things that each of us like wants to do a little bit more than the other person. Like Sam's really stoked on doing like a few of these like specifically specific hard tragedy routes. And I'm kind of like stoked on doing some stuff like more in the mountains. And I think maybe some of those things we'll kind of like start to do with other people because we like do climb with other people as well. But um, in the for for most of it, it'll probably be pretty pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into that core zone thing. I think that's an interesting topic because like, yeah, even for, for me, sure. I mean, I've I've you know. I've actually like looked at the topos for these things and I've got some, you know, different friends that have done all these different routes and stuff and heard the mm-hmm. stories and whatever. But even for me, I still see, okay, you know, free rider, 13A, 30, whatever pitches, uh, Golden mm-hmm. Gate, 13A or B, 30, whatever pitches, Core Zone, 13B, 30, whatever pitches. And they, they all feel more or less the same, but 
like totally. those yeah. those simple numbers just do not capture the experience of those routes. Like nope. Corazon's so much more stacked and has so much more five thirteen climbing, and it's just yeah, yeah. I think that El Cap is a place that's a really a really great place to like uh, explain that like the grade doesn't really reflect the difficulty of the route very much. Um, the like they can then there there certainly is like pitches. The hardest pitch is at the grade that it says. But the most of the difficulty is like everything else that's involved. It's like a big wall is 30 pitches. If you want to just climb like a 13B sport pitch, it would just be, you could just go climb a 13B sport pitch. It's much more about like the route itself. So like the free rider is the free rider. And that's one pitch of thir- 513 and then two pitches of 12 minus and then a bunch of 11 plus and a bunch of wide climbing. But in terms of hard climbing, like one hard pitch, that's a boulder problem. And like two pitches of 12 minus and then, yeah. A bunch of wide physical climbing so it's like is the endurance, endurance corner only 12 minus i thought it was harder than that for some yeah reason. so so uh i think it gets called 12d a lot of the time because um i think a lot of people like reference when honald sold it and if you link those two pitches it's 12d um but most of the time people like most people that free that route they do the 11c first pitch and they do the 12b second pitch and they do those as two separate pitches i see um people do link them and if you link them it's 12d um but yeah, it's it's twelve B if you just do it as um as two pitches, which is how most people do it. Okay. Um that's how I did it. That's how Sam did it. Um yeah. I don't know of anyone that's linked them personally. I but people do. People mm-hmm. definitely link mm-hmm. them. And then there's right after that, there's a twelve A traverse that's kind of like a sporty traverse. It's kinda kinda juggy and steep, but like at that point it's pretty hard. Um and then there's a bunch of wide climbing, and then there's like a hard wide pitch at the top so there's that challenge of it but that's very different than the challenge of something like golden gate where like there's four or five 13 pitches and they're like a lot of them are like a lot more like crimpy and thin and some of them are like more sport pitches and there's like an endurance aspect and they're all near the top of the wall yeah they're all like towards the top there's like a, a slab down climb pitch that's actually probably one of the hardest to send it's like finicky and weird and that's kind of like around halfway a little more than halfway and then the rest of those are like a bit higher. And the the final pumpiest one that's like the most like your enduro pumpy sport route with no rest, the A5 traverse is, yeah, 13A, really close to the top. Mm-hmm. And so that pitch is, so that pitch specifically is one of the cruxes of El Corazon because El Corazon meets up with the top of Golden Gate. Um, So you do, yeah, I can kind of just, I can actually just like backtrack real quick and I can describe Corazon. Um, on El Corazon, you do the free last which is like the first third of El Cap. And that is about 11B. And it's like, depending on how you break it up, it is anywhere between like like eight to four, five, sorry, six to six to eight pitches or so. Like two slab pitches that are actually quite hard um, for, for the grade. And then like some really fun crack climbing. And that's shared with the free rider and shared with golden gate and it's kind of like the trade route and I, many people do it just as like a day out because you can climb to the heart and like wrap those lines um and then from there you climb a few you go more straight up you don't go down into the heart like you do for the other routes so on here can i, can I draw this you go like <laughs> up and down and around is uh-huh. like the free rider and on El Corazon, you just do the free blast which goes to here and you don't go down you just go straight keep going straight up so it's way more of like a straight up line Overall, you do like less down climbing. But yeah, so you go kind of straight up into like a some 510 and then there's like a 511 pitch and then 
yeah, some five nine, and then you end up kind of like five pitches higher towards the top of the heart, which is about even with the monster on the other side of the heart. And then you have this pitch called the beak flake, which is 13 B. And this pitch is, this is the hardest pitch on all core zone, or I think it's probably the hardest pitch on all core zone, but it's lower on the root. So it doesn't, be, it wouldn't be, it's not the crux for most people because you're, if you're doing it as a wall, it's the first hard pitch. So you're like psyched and you're like ready to give it all your effort. Um, it's a boulder off the belay. It's kind of like it's called V8. Um, probably, probably pretty soft for V8, but I think it's height dependent. It depends on how you how you do it. Um, but it's kind of like this crimp sequence, and then you kind of pop to a jug. And then from there, you do this like endurance 13A crack that has like a bunch of thin gear, and you kind of like get pretty get pretty far above it, take some big falls as you're working out how to do it. And you do this like kind of hard lie back sequence with some smears and yeah it's great it's really it's one of the most amazing pitches on the route it's like hero climbing you're like lie backing a flake and just smearing your feet on the wall and just charging up this flake um when you're not doing the crux which is more heinous and then from there you kind of like traverse left on some like looser terrain that's not as classic and stellar if you traverse left you find you do two pitches of 512 you do some off width climbing in this corner and then you uh and then you do four pitches in a row of 513. You do the coffee corner. This is towards the top of the wall. These are like pitches like 22 or whatever. Um 22 to 26 or something like that. Um yeah, you do the coffee corner, which is like this 13A stem corner. And then with like this weird bulge at the top that involves some people do like a full 360 in the stem corner to like get themselves wow. through it. But it's like, yeah, cryptic stemming, really cool um involves like either some like weird flaring hand jams and cutting feet or yeah 360 or whatever there's like a really beautiful photo of sam on that that mm. has like circulated as his core zone in a day photo yeah and that's at the top of this chimney system that had a bunch of wide climbing and then you're sitting under this roof which is the big big core zone roof which i don't know if you've seen or if people listening have seen photos but it's like this uh it's this massive roof with like these cracks kind of going through it and they're all like these flaring flaring cracks and the way that you climb this is you just kind of power under cling these like, slopers and you smear your feet but every so often you can either throw a heel toe cam in the crack and just like pull all your weight on it or you can pull into a knee bar mm. and so you're kind of like going in between like some heel toe cams and some knee bars and it gets kind of strenuous but it's never like super super pumpy because you kind of can jump in and out of these rests um but it's kind of long and there's like a crux at the end and that pitch is 13b and definitely definitely one of like the endurance challenges of the route and where people fail quite often and then from there that goes to the tower of the people which is on golden gate and then from there you do the last two cruxes of golden gate and then you top up the same as golden gate so you do the golden desert which is a 13a pitch that's a little bit easier for the grid and um is more of like a finger crack lie back and then yeah you do the a5 which is like an enduro yeah, just pump fest. It's like one of those ones that you just, if your your hands just open up and you just find yourself hanging on the rope, which when you're trying to do El Corazon in a day and you're doing it as pitch like 26 or whatever, and you've done a ridiculous amount of hard climbing to get yeah. there, that's, you know, that or the roof that's right below it is, is going to be the crux. And yeah, so me and Sam had worked on this route kind of over two different seasons. And, uh, 
kind of put a lot of effort into those upper pitches to like get them to feel good. So that way, when we got there tired, we know knew we could do them. And uh, yeah, Sam on his day that he did it, he did the route in 22 and a half hours. And I think at hour 20, he did the A5, God damn. maybe 19, maybe yeah. hour 19. And he did all of them first try. He didn't, he didn't fall. He didn't, wow. he didn't have to red point any of them. He didn't have to pull the rope and be like, oh, got to find a way to dig deep. He just dug deep the first time, got them all done, powered it out, went to the top, ate pancakes, <laughs> crushed it. Yeah, just, just so an, like an unbelievable, an unbelievable climbing performance. He fell once on the beat flake down low. Um, yeah, I maybe don't want to like, I, I'm sure Sam will talk about this a lot in the, in the future. So I'm not going to talk about his particular son, a ton, a ton, but he fell once down low and then cruised all the way to the top. Basically. I think he, uh, he had some, uh, he ran into some, uh, famous climbers up at the coffee corner, he ran into Babsy <laughs> and like gave him some beta on how to do the coffee corner. Cause they weren't, <laughs> weren't really sure how to do it, which is, which is really funny. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, ran into a bunch of people, got some tea on the ledge and, yeah, people just were psyched and yeah, he charged and sent. Yeah. Man. Which, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, yeah, he uh, he was supported by my buddy Will, who actually had the most impressive belaying season uh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> he, uh, is this Will Sharp? Uh, no, Will Vidler. He's okay. our Australian Australian friend. He came with the intention to do the free rider. He did it. He did it. Okay. Um, He did it. Yeah, Sick. but. He uh, he ended up having the belay of me on Cobra. He belayed me when I did prayer. He belayed Je- his friend, our friend Jesse, when he did the they did the free rider together, and he belayed Sam on El Corazon in the day. He just had this. <laughs> he came to the U.S., belayed a ton of really cool stuff. Went back to Australia. Hell yeah, yeah. Got some belay points. Yeah, yeah. That's sick. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, I love that man. I'm I'm so impressed when you guys, when you and Sam, and and folks like you, like people that you know, have climbed 14A or B, but like, it's some, It's really different for you guys to do something like Corazon in a day or Golden Gate in a day or Freerider in a day. Like any of these things, I'm just more impressed when it's you guys versus like someone who's climbed 9A, you know, and... Arnold, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they on-site yeah. 13B routinely all the time and all that sort of stuff. Totally. It's just like, God, that's some... That's some blue collar work ethic and some determination and some try hard and some grit and it's yeah. it's so sick yeah very I mean, impressive. I think that's how me and that's how me and Sam kind of go. We're like we're we weren't like you know young phenoms. We didn't like have we don't have like this crazy base of strength where we can just do whatever because we're just so strong. So we're like we're gonna work really hard and we're gonna like put a lot of effort into these roots and we're gonna get them done through. Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting the word for it, but just do like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we've like gone to the top, wrapped in, and like we're placing our feet exactly in these places, and we're gonna try really hard here, and we're gonna do exactly this, and <laughs> if we save enough energy, we'll do it. And me and Sam both love these endurance challenges. Like I've done like a lot of like longer routes, and those are tend to be the days that I find to be the most memorable. Like I, I love my, I love my single pitch climbing, I love my sport climbing. It's really awesome, but. I definitely like the feeling of being super worked at the end of a day because I just did so much and wrecked myself is, is like, yeah, it's my favorite thing. That's mm. like what I want. But if I do it all the time, I get weak, so I can't do it mm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I do, it's like pretty special. Yeah. And we will be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by Kaya. I recently started using Kaya, and as a climber, this is one of the most useful apps that I have on my phone. Kaya gives you digital guidebooks for more than 50 top bouldering destinations in North America, and more are being added to the app all the time. And these guidebooks are legit. The folks at Kaya actually partner with local guidebook authors and get exact GPS locations on boulders, detailed climbing area info and navigation, comprehensive topos, and thousands of beta videos, all downloadable for offline use. Let's say you're going on a trip to Bishop or Red Rocks or Squamish for the first time. You can browse the guidebook, tap on a climb you wanna go check out, download beta videos for it if you want to, use GPS coordinates that will take you right to the boulder. Even if you don't have cell service, you can send the boulder and then you can add your send to the logbook all within the Kaya app. It's so cool. This app was created by a group of badass climbers. I'm friends with a lot of these folks. They're super cool people and they just wanted to make a useful tool that's going to improve the climbing experience for all of us. It's super cool. Check out kayaclimb.com or download the Kaya app from the App Store to get started. And if you're psyched, you can use my special link right there in the episode notes or use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your first year of Kaya Pro. Download Kaya today to get started. This episode is brought to you by Madrock. I'd heard a lot about the drones on this podcast from guests like Matt Foltz, Emil Abrahamson, and Ethan Pringle, who all swear by these shoes. And I finally got to try the drones in 2023. And the hype is real. I immediately fell in love with the Drone CS, especially. That's their comp version, which is a little softer. And I sent all of my hardest outdoor boulders in 2023 while wearing the Drone CS. I wore them almost exclusively in Magic Wood and Rocklands over the summer. I got to test them on a wide variety of climbs, and I'm a huge fan. I just got my second pair of the Drone CS, and now I'm testing the Drone 2.0. The Drone 2.0 is a huge upgrade from the original, in my opinion. They feature all of the things I love about the Drone CS, but they're just a little stiffer and more supportive. You can really drive into small footholds and edges with the Drone 2.0. And I'm really excited to test both of these shoes here in Waco Tanks over the next two months. And I will let you all know how that goes. I'm super stoked. I would recommend the Drone CS if you like a softer, more sensitive shoe. And I'd recommend the Drone 2.0 if you want a slightly stiffer shoe that can really claw into small footholds on hard climbs. Both of these shoes are amazing for toe hooking. They both feature the edge heel, which is clutch for heel hooking on small crimps and edges. I'm a huge fan of both. Head over to madrock.com and enter code NUGGET for 10% off your first order. That's madrock.com and code NUGGET for 10% off your first order. And now back to the show. Before we go any further, we're, we're talking about all these hard things. I have this on my list here. Um, tell me about Mr. Chicken. Uh, what is okay. Mr. Chicken? Is from... Tell me what happened. Yeah, okay. So this kind of goes well into the endurance challenge thing. Me and Will, the, the one that uh, came with all the impressive belays, um, we, I went to Australia last year to hang out with him and his family and such and go climb down there. And we went to Arapolis and 
For his 23rd birthday, he wanted to do 2,300 meters of rock climbing, um, which is a lot. Um, that ends up being like two and a third L caps or so. Wow. Um, so obviously we weren't going to do this as all like super hard rock climbing. So what we did is we went to a Rapalese. Um, we set up a fixed line on all the, um, like, like on the, where there's a bunch of multi-pitches, I guess. And we just kind of like either soloed or simuled a bunch of routes, like five, eight or five, nine and under. And we started at like 1am. We ended up finishing at like 8pm. But in the middle of this day, we wanted to do this route called Mr. Chicken, which you go like halfway up this route called I think it's like Watchtower Crack or something like that. Yeah, Watchtower Crack or Watchtower Chimney. You go like two pitches up, and then there's this there's this like big tower that kind of sits like along the slab that is where all these roots are. And this tower at about pitch two has this like has this like slot through it to go to the other side, and you can get to either Watchtower Crack or Chimney. I'm forgetting which one's which. One's on one side, one's on the other side. You climb. If you climbed Watchtower Chimney, you'd like go through Mr. Chicken and you'd end up on Watchtower Crack on the other side and you'd finish up that one. And so Mr. Chicken's like this very, very narrow squeeze chimney. And you have to get sideways and horizontal in it to uh, to get through it. You kind of go head first at one point. And yeah, I like know how to squeeze chimney. I like notice like climb wide cracks. And so when we were going to do this, we were going to do it halfway. And I was like, oh, we'll do it twice. It'll be so fun. Like, It'll be just like this fun novel thing. But I've never been in something this tight. Mm. Um, and it is, it's so tight that you can't wear your harness. You have to like take oh. the rope off and you tie it around your foot to just go through. Cause it's so narrow, you don't <laughs> like fall anywhere. You just like squeeze through and wow. you get to the other side where there's like a good ledge and you put your harness back on, you bring the rope through. Okay. Um, my buddy Will went first and he kind of struggled a bit to get, to get his ass through the, through the crux of it. And he, he sat there for a bit trying to get it through. And I was like, oh God, that looks that looks hard. But I'm like skinny and narrow. So it was like not, I wasn't that stressed about it. He got through it and I went into it and I could not, like I couldn't get my chest through like mm. for quite a while. And I was like kind of overcommitted for a bit and was like, oh, if I commit to this, I'm, I maybe won't be able to get out like i'm pretty tired because we've been climbing all day and i don't know if i have the strength that my body needs to like get myself out of this like really heinous position if i find myself stuck and i was like if my chest isn't going through and will's ass got stuck like my ass isn't even at the crux yet I, i'm gonna be like super screwed <laughs> and i ended up finding my, a way through it but it ended up being like quite a mental battle and yeah we decided not to do it twice that day we decided to do it once and call it good and just continue soloing a bunch of other things but yeah, that is Mr. That was Mr. Chicken, dude. That this sounds so novel. claustrophobic and heinous and uh, and like terrifying to have your chest stuck. You're like wedged yeah. in this rock. Like, are your arms at your sides? Are they above your head? Like, I yeah. imagine you can't really move them. Arms at your side, and you can't move your head. You're like your head is like dude. one way or the other. I don't remember which way it was, but yeah, yeah. It's it was actually. I've I've done a bit of squeeze chimneying. Um, and I was like, I, this will be fine. And I was actually, I've never like been scared doing them before. I'm like, oh, this is fun. But doing, uh, doing that, I was like, this is actually, I feel 
like I am unsafe. Mm. <laughs> this feels claustrophobic and like less fun. But then it was really fun after I did it. And I <laughs> will go back and do it again when I go back to Australia. But hopefully in better style. I've heard tales of people that are significantly bigger than I am, like projecting this. They'll like like tape over their nipples. Oh and my they'll God. like like go completely naked and they'll be like, I'm <laughs> going to do it. And they'll like prodge the prodge Mr. Chicken and like yeah, some of them have sent some people that are significantly bigger than I am. Oh my god! Which is what actually got me through through doing it. I was like, I know people bigger than me have done it. Like, there's a way to do this. <laughs> and just get naked yeah. and like oil up before the pitch. Yeah, put yeah, Vaseline totally. all over yeah. your body and just slither yeah, through. Yeah, like a like a greased up chicken. Yeah, yeah it's disgusting. Totally. <laughs> it is disgusting. Yeah, it's not exactly like a. I feel like it gets close to like getting towards like spelunking and caving. Mm. If you get too far into that rabbit hole of like squeezing. So like I try to I try to keep it like I try not to dive too far down that because I don't I don't want to end up caving I don't want to find yeah. myself yeah. doing that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just don't think it's for me. Right, right, right. You're trying to yeah, yeah. Trying to climb things. <clears throat> trying to climb things, not squeeze. But squeezing is fun occasionally if it lets me climb things. I guess. So the note I have about Mr. Chicken in front of me. This is from an anonymous friend of yours. I'm kidding. It's from Brittany. Yeah, yeah anonymous. Um, oh, it's from Brittany. Oh, it's from Brittany. Oh, that's funny. I thought it would be from Will. Ask him about Mr. Chicken and how that changed his perception on how everything else feels easy in comparison. Is that true? Did it change? Oh, uh, well, in terms of, well, like, in terms of, uh, like, wide and squeezed chimney climbing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. It's definitely, like, one of the, like, harder and more scared I've been from something that had no like uh physical consequences like mm. i wasn't like run out. i wasn't gonna like hurt myself you know but i was like this is scary yeah, and hard. yeah. getting getting yeah. stuck in a chimney halfway up a big wall is like kind of a big deal like that's terrifying yeah yeah it wasn't uh, yeah 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 yep <laughs> yeah it is it is terrifying i just i knew i wasn't gonna get stuck like i knew that i was gonna be able to get out of it so i didn't feel like i had like yeah i didn't feel like i had like a consequence of like oh i'm gonna be stuck and i'm gonna be like here forever it was like I don't know what to do. I like feel like claustrophobic and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess it kind of changed my perspective on like what's hard. Yeah. Cause that was, it's hard in a different way. I feel like sometimes the things that are hard in rock climbing, I'm just so used to doing hard rock climbing that it's like so familiar that I'm like, Oh yeah, this is hard. But like, it's just hard the same way that everything else I do is hard. Like, <laughs> I'll hold and good. I'll hold this far away. But like yeah. something like that, I'm like, this is hard in a really different way than I know how to like handle. So it feels like harder by comparison. It would probably be like, if like either of us tried to like, or I don't know what your background is, but if either of us tried to just like go like work someone's like a day in someone's life of like someone that, like works in a corporate business world and like try to like get through their day. It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening right now. So this is like way harder for me, even if it's like not that hard. Right. In comparison to things I do all the time, it's just like, it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You're you're touching on something interesting there. It's like it's interesting to me how um trying hard and just kind of keeping your shit together when you're trying really hard and, and like being in that mental space is a trainable thing. Like I always find when I switch from mm-hmm. bouldering, I mean bouldering the the mental part of it is like, okay, I have to learn how to access a hundred percent on command all the time. And then with sport climbing, yeah. it's like, oh, I just need to get used to suffering again and like 
embracing the suck a little bit, you know, when you're trying to embracing recover. Embracing the suck, yeah. That is super pumpy oh, rest. Yeah. And then trad climbing is like even more of that. It's interesting though that like, it's something that you do get better at. It's something that you can kind of practice and... Um, yeah. Yeah, and kind of adapt to. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's there's a lot to be said about like the different things that you can do to teach yourself to do things that are hard. And I think that, yeah, that's interesting that bouldering, you find yourself being like, I have to like find a way to give 100% on command. That's something that I actually struggle with quite a lot. I'm like not super great at doing things that are really, really hard for me, even if it's like only once. But like the the doing things that are pretty hard often or like embracing the socket pumpy rest, that's like way more on command for me. And like the, it's interesting how those are both like trying really hard and they're both trying like a hundred percent and like accessing a hundred percent of what you have available, but it's, it's, it's different in different ways. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah. But I think that they both translate to each other cause they like, they teach and same with like anything else where you're trying something that's super hard, like learning how to do things that are hard is, uh, is just like a really important skill across, like across the board with everything in mm-hmm. life as well. I think, um, yeah, and I think I think the climbing teaches us that, and I think that's one of the reasons why we all like climbing so so much, and why everyone is so drawn to hard climbing. Like people, like there's many people that love their their easy romping and their easy climbing, but I think a lot of people really are drawn to like harder climbing because, like, doing things that are hard when you succeed is super fun and challenging yourself in ways that where you're like having to find a way to give a hundred percent, regardless of which direction that is, like, hundred percent at once or a hundred percent like throughout this whole process of exertion all of it is like something that we all really enjoy like the process and seeing the rewards of i think that it is like yeah it's very interesting to like frame what's what's hard and why things are hard mm-hmm. yeah. and, and it it kind of like is our way of putting everything else in perspective right like the climber's way mm-hmm. of doing that is do something hard that maybe feels risky or scary or whatever and when you push mm-hmm. through something difficult where you're off the deck or you're like highballing or running it out or whatever, and you, you know, you survive it and like everything turns out fine. You're kind of like, okay, the things that I'm worried about in the rest of my life, like aren't actually that big of a deal. In comparison. <laughs> yeah. It kind of like regrounds totally. you. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Especially if there's anything that's like scary or dangerous or where you're like having to start to give not just a hundred percent, like, physically or finding a way to do that but you're like giving 100% mentally to be like okay I have to like be committed to doing this and I'm scared and I'm going to push through that and I'm gonna see like the other side of this experience through through like trying hard now or whatever and if it's like something that's scary or mentally involved you find yourself on the other end being like everything is so easy in comparison to that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you come out and you're like I think uh my friend Will when he did the free rider explained that he said it was the hardest, the hardest thing he'd done up until that point. And he was trying to, he was questioning if everything he'd done in his life up to that point was actually just easy in relation. And he was like, all the things that I struggle with in my normal life, like making phone calls or make, or like sending emails that, you know, just seem to always go, always get not done. He's like, felt so easy when he got down from the free rider. Cause mm. it was just in comparison to climbing up there. He's like, it's just so easy to call someone or like send an email. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think climbing is like a great way to, like remind us that we're like, oh yeah, like most of the rest of life just isn't like that hard. Yeah. But I mean, some stuff in the rest of life can be like way harder than rock climbing. But, right, right, right. You know? Of, of yeah. course, yeah. Yeah, yeah not but it's like a great of, framework. Of true suffering because we're just playing in the totally. mountains. 
But uh, totally. But yeah, yeah I totally. do. I do think like being in your body and having that objective, like physical, it's mm-hmm. it's just so helpful for like the um, the the mental and emotional suffering that we take on because so often that's you know all that stuff is like our perception and our framing and like us worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. You know. Yeah, totally. That's that's actually interesting. That's something that I've been like thinking about or that touches on something I've been thinking about a lot recently of uh, that sometimes with uh, projecting hard things, you get like that. Um, I think people call it like the red point jitters or like red point anxiety where you're like the idea of trying, even though it's a route that you love and you really want to climb on it, like becomes like this stressful thing because you like have expectations and anticipation. And it's, it's really interesting. Like when that happens, because you're like, it's like this sitting with anticipation and like, wondering what could happen and what could go wrong that like makes this feel like really for me this happens at least i don't know if everyone else experiences this um where you like feel this kind of anxiety around trying a route that you want to do or Mm -hmm. a boulder and uh i feel like a lot of that is just the anticipation of it like as soon as you're actually climbing you're like having a great time and you're like don't care if you like fall early or you don't have like as much expectation as soon as you pull off the ground but like when you're sitting there with just like your mind thinking about it, you're it's so easy to go into this like, oh, what if this happens? What happens here? And that's like kind of an interesting place to be where mm-hmm. you're like, you can turn this thing that you like love so much into something that's like causes you so much stress, even though it's it's just going rock climbing, which is like the thing that we all love to do all the time. Yeah. And like as soon as you actually go rock climbing, you're gonna have like an amazing time and you're gonna enjoy it, regardless if you send your your mega prod or not, like you're probably gonna have a great time trying. Um sometimes not, but most of the time you are. Mm-hmm. Um but like, I think a lot of the time we just like sit with this anticipation and like kind of get ourselves like psyched up or like psyched out or yeah, we can turn it into this thing. that's like more suffrage than, than just going and playing with rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that creeps in the most for me when I'm like, you're saying like, I'm living in the future instead of in the present, you know, I'm thinking about mm, how sick yeah. it's going to be if I do it and what people are going to think if I do it or don't do it and like what if this is my last try and the season's ending and what happens if Mm -hmm. I don't do it this season and when will I be able to come back like I'm just I'm I'm like not even I'm just living in a different time I'm living in the future and I'm literally causing myself suffering with things that haven't happened yet and you know like you're saying with the anticipation of them and and yeah, it's it's those basic things that we all hear about. Like Hazel talks about this all the time. Like anything that brings you back into the present, just appreciating like the wind on your face or like the feeling of the rock under your fingertips or just taking deep breaths, like all those things that bring you back into that moment. You're like, oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm just here. And it's really nice actually. And I'm going to climb this really cool route and we'll see how it goes. You know, I feel yeah. like that's gotten easier for me over time, but I don't know. Every time I, I always think that, and then I'll get deep into a project that feels really important that I really want to do, and, <laughs> and then it, it all comes back again. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. You kind of like can find yourself in this space, this like headspace where you're like you're approaching everything the way that you like, and you're like having a really productive and positive time with like roots, and then you find yourself like not quite there anymore. And you're like, wait, how do I get back there? Like, what was I doing differently? How was my mindset different that allowed me to feel so like free and happy going towards this? And I think a lot of the time, yeah, it is that like coming back into the present 
Um, and like appreciating like what you're doing a little bit more, like having a little more gratitude for the place you get to be in with like maybe a little less expectation of like, mm-hmm. like less of like expecting like to get something out of it and more just like appreciating what it is. Um, and I find that that's actually, that's something that's like been pretty important to me with like a lot of the roots that I've done is like appreciating the experience and appreciating like the journey of the whole thing. Um, kind of goes back into like why I love diving super deep into projects and like why I don't do so many things that I do really quickly is because like I think that a lot of the time the experiences that are powerful are the ones that I like I'm I'm investing energy into and I'm like I'm invested in the journey and I'm like invested in like this we're gonna I'm gonna go to this place I'm gonna experience this place and I'm just gonna appreciate being there and like whatever this whatever this experience like is going to give me I'm gonna get from it is going to be what it is and it doesn't have to have this I don't have to send. I don't have to like get anything out of it other than just like experiencing this place and this rock climb. Mm-hmm. And I feel like roots when I let myself really like take that mindset, I tend to find success on them. Uh, or I at least like tend to like, to me, it feels like success because I feel like I grow as a climber Yeah. Um, on these roots. And that was something that was really important to me on Cobra over the summer. Um, really important to me on that one, actually, especially because that route just, meant so much to me for so long and it was like always like the the dream yeah we're talking about cobra crack and squamish oh yeah yeah Yeah, cobra crack 14b Um, people that's consensus 14b right yeah i think so i think it's generally considered consensus um i think it's been called 14a um i think funneled called it 14a then there's this australian dude that came and did it they called it 14a he called it ab but he actually called it this goes into a whole other other thing that we could talk about in a bit with like Australian grades and stuff. But um, he called it Australian 30, which is equal to 13C. Oh. Which to me, climbing on 13C or climbing on 30 in Australia, uh, I don't know. I don't think it exactly makes sense, but like I almost kind of get it. Um, it just feels like really different over there hmm. or down there. Um, but yeah, so that's like kind of the only great discrepancy that I really know of. I think most people call it 14B. To me, it felt 14B. It felt like the hardest rock climb I've ever done. Um, even though it's like in my style in comparison to some other routes, which made it feel a little bit, probably like a little bit more attainable for me. But I think like it was objectively harder than other routes, every other route I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I think it's objectively the hardest route I've done. That's sick. Um, yeah. So I think that's like where the grade lies is like 14B. Um, but with that one, I like it was just such a dream to do that route forever that when I got the when I got the chance to go up there and like try it. Like that's a route that when you walk up to the base of it, you feel like you're getting an experience just by looking at it. And you are. A lot of people will hike up there and they'll see it and they'll be like, wow, that's crazy. That's the Cobra Crack. And so the like the privilege to be like at a place in my climbing where I'm like, I gotta go try this rock climb was like amazing. Mm-hmm. And so with that like in mind, like every time I went up there and tried it, I was like having one of the best days ever mm-hmm. even though eventually you know like with any project you get to the point where you like start to build expectations and you're like why am i falling here why are these things still hard <laughs> and then you kind of like takes you like lowering to the ground and like untying and being like oh right like i'm just here rock climbing with my friends and like, and i'm like to... i'm trying a really hard thing it's hard it's supposed yeah, totally. to be hard that's the yeah. whole point that's why i'm here Yeah, the whole point is that it's hard and i'm supposed to fall in places i didn't expect to fall because that's the process and that's part of it and it's supposed to, i'm not yeah. supposed to just do it yeah um <laughs> but yeah that was like really important to me on that one because 
you get this, um, you do this like bottom stemming. It's like 11 plus stemming. That's kind of exciting. It's like not, the gear's like, okay, but it's not amazing. And then you do, you kind of like run it out. You just generally don't really want to fall. You'd be fine, I think, but I never have and I didn't really want to. And then you get to this like full recovery rest. You just get to stand there. You can turn around from the wall and just like sit there for as long as you want. Um, and you just get to like stare off into these trees. You're like in a dense forest. You get to stare off into these trees and like sit underneath the cobra crack. And it's like a really great place to practice gratitude. I think you, you get there and you're like, wow, I like am here with my friends. And for me, it's like, it's in the Pacific, it's in the forest. It's like the same as the Pacific Northwest. It's like the same rainforest. And I grew up in that rainforest. And to me, that's like, feels very homey and like a lot of what, like the beauty that I like look for and the natural world is like very, very abundant there. And I just get to sit there under these big trees and under the Cobra crack where there's like this powerful energy from all the people that have been there and just got to like take it all in and be like, and I think that like, yeah, like that experience was like more so what I remember with the route more than like sending it or more than like all the times that my like, feet cut when I didn't want them to or all the times that I like blew out of locks like I remember way more just like sitting at that rest being like super excited to be there and super excited to like have a try and then you like quest off and as soon as you quest off you're like doing really really cool climbing you do yeah like a bunch of like techie climbing and then you do you get this other rest and then you get to like recompose and then you get to like do like the the pumpy proper finger crack climbing where you just get to like flow this finger crack until you fall <laughs> but for a while you get to flow up this finger crack and it's just yeah it's so it's so amazing that experience that's awesome pretty all-time for me i had a i had a go on it right before like before i did it where i like climbed the route quite poorly actually but i fell on the last move i like fell bumping my hand i think if you've seen the mason earl video or if people have seen the mason earl video it's the move that he was falling on repeatedly i fell there and it was my first time ever getting there and uh I was like, oh my God, I almost could have done it. And I like kind of hovered above the hold and didn't know why I didn't do it. And I then like saw the video of myself doing it. And I remember the experience of climbing it and it was like pretty sloppy. And then it was like kind of poor. I like didn't climb it that well. And I was kind of like, I'm kind of glad that I actually like didn't send it then because mm. I get a chance to go back and like do this in a style and in a way that I'm like really proud of. And um, when I when I ended up doing it, I like... I was kind of tired. I didn't like feel overpowered, um, but I like crushed it. I like climbed it really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I like did everything right. I like placed my feet well. I like sat into all the holds well. I like placed my feet over my head well. And like that was like so much more the experience that I was like wanting out of that. Yeah. That's and cool. like I got to the chains and like had so much more gratitude that I like, I didn't fight like like the the hard fight that you get a lot of the time when you're red pointing these hard sport routes it was like i like like climbed the rock climb like mm -hmm. really well mm -hmm. and like more of like like a dance and like a yeah it was like way more beautiful than mm -hmm. like a lot of my other red points have been and so then i you know you get to the top i like clip these anchors and yeah it's like another place to like remind you like step back into the present and be like wow i'm like here at the chains of cobra crack and here i am and yeah and That's then awesome yeah, it was it was lovely. It was great. It was yeah, an all-time experience. I sure. uh I read your post, your Instagram post about Cobra Crack and yeah, I have a quote that I want to read because I have a question about it. So you wrote um 
Over the last three months, I've crossed the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Canada border tens of times, running back and forth between climbing on the Dreamline and working in Seattle. I've mimicked the route at the campus board in Bellevue, climbed it hundreds of times in my head, and probably talked to my friends and coworkers too many times. You mimicked the route at the campus board. What the hell does yeah. that mean? You've got this crack so, climb where you, yeah, like I, I don't get it. I don't understand how you're mimicking the Cobra crack on a campus board. What's going on there? I'll explain. I'll explain. I, I <laughs> I've actually gotten this question a few times. Um, to me, a uh, finger crack climbing is something that I've done a lot of, and so like the actual locking of cracks is something that comes really naturally to me now. Um, and I'm, like a lot of my like tick list is like finger cracks because that's just a style that feels pretty good to me. Um, so I never felt that I needed to like practice the locks. I never like had to like learn how to do the locks. What I struggled with on Cobra was I didn't have a bunch of power and it's really, the holds are the locks are far apart. They're all quite good, but they're really far apart. So like getting between them is hard. Mm. And, um, the upper sequence where you throw your foot over your head, my first few sessions on, I could, I couldn't do it. I like couldn't put my foot over my head like that. Um, I think it was mostly a coordination thing, but I think it was a bit of a core strength thing as well, where I just like hadn't ever, I don't like throw my feet over my head very often. I don't really <laughs> like cutting feet. Mm-hmm. So like that whole thing, and especially doing that at the end was like something that was stressful. But I realized that if I like put my hand on a rung that was like maybe the one, maybe it was like the two, and I put my hand on like the five, that was the same height distance as my hands were when I needed to flip. And so I would just sit there and practice throwing my foot over my head. <laughs> Um, just pull up on those two rungs, like those two unlevel rungs, up. and just throw your foot above yeah. your head. And I'd stack my hands over top of each other like this on the rungs, so that way it was like, like still similar to a crack. And I would grab the upper rung that you grab the upper hold. It's like back three, you know, like back two with like a weird finger. And so I just grab the upper one with like back three, and I would grab this one with front three to like more mimic the holds that I'd be using. Um, and then I'd yeah, throw my foot over my head. But then I also realized that I knew the when I like start projecting roots, I like pretty quickly can do them in my head. Um, it's something that I like do a lot of. I just like think about rock climbs all the time. And um, yeah, so with Cobra, like pretty quickly, I was able to like climb the route the way that I thought I would climb it in my head. Um, and so I did that like a ton of times, but I also realized that like if I did that while I was also on the campus board, like mimicking the moves with my feet, just like with my feet on that it was like, felt somewhat more similar and like mm. so i'd go like i remember how that i like took every hold with either like front three or back three um or like back two with a few of them and i would on the campus board i would go like if the order if the sequence was like front two to front two to like back three i would like do that on the campus board up until the point where i find myself like with my hands over my head and then i'd like throw my foot over my head so that's like how i would mimic it are you campusing or are your are your feet on? Like how are you? My feet, my feet were on. Yeah, okay. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. Wasn't campusing. Yeah, front two campusing. I don't think be... I could do that. No, That'd I can't sick. do that. Yeah, <laughs> not me. Um, no, my feet are on. Like I have like normal shoes on too. I'm not like I'm not climbing shoes on. I'm just like standing on the edges. It's more like mental, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because, especially with that route, you can't try it too many times. Um, I'd try it. I think the most I'd try it was like three times a day. And because I of skin was or? trying. It's actually like skin is one thing I tend to do pretty well. My skin doesn't rip in finger cracks as much as most of my peers. So I was pretty lucky with that, but more so because like the angle that you're twisting your fingers into the crack, like it starts to make them swell. It's like Mm. not 
crack climbing, finger crack climbing is not good for your fingers. Um, and just doing mm-hmm. it repeatedly on these locks where you're hanging a lot of weight on them and you're doing the same move over and over is, yeah, is not really good, that great form. Um, so you just can't do it that much if you like want your fingers to work in the future. <laughs> yeah. Which uh-huh. I do personally. Yeah. Um, I was trying a lot more than other people. I think, um, I think, I think Amity was only trying it like twice, uh, like she was trying it like twice a session or maybe three times a session, but like twice a week. And because I was working in Seattle three days a week and going up there up to Squamish for four days a week, I would often do three days when I was up there. I'd like climb on it the first day, rest, and then climb up in the last two days. My first week up there, actually, I just climbed on it four days in a row to like learn it all, um, which was, I think, a bad idea. But um, I did, I did like a lot of that. Um, but in you can't like block it that much, so you can't practice the re- like you would with a hard sport where you just like wire that crux in or you like make mm-hmm. these big links and you kind of like have to start like trying to red point it pretty quickly because you need to know what it feels like to try to get to that crux in the ground and you need to like be mentally ready to like send when you do get there um and you need to give yourself enough chances to like fuck up a few times and then like still get it done um so i was like practicing it mentally in the gym Cause I partially because I just like actually couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, well, I'm like at the gym and I don't care about these boulders that, that are set here. And I like want to go think about my project. So I'm just going to go hang on the campus board and pretend that I'm climbing on my route. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I think that like doing that, like, I think that helps a lot. I do a lot of that with roots where I'll like climb it in my head or like mimic it, like with like holds and stuff. And I think it makes a really big, a big difference. Actually, I find myself feeling like I can, find myself feeling really comfortable on roots pretty quickly. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference. Like your first time on a route when you feel uncomfortable and you don't know how to hold the hold, you don't know how you're supposed to feel in each position, things can feel so hard. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you like break that down in your mind a little bit, it becomes this thing that's a lot more approachable. And I think, I think Ethan on your podcast at one point said, he's like, if you can convince yourself you can do something, you'll find a way to do it. And I think that, yeah, for me, like once I've convinced myself that I can do this thing, it becomes so much easier to like give it the effort that it needs and like put in the work that's required. And then I find myself like either close or like doing the route mm-hmm. um, just from like that mental switch versus like when I first tried, I'm like, this is fucked. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like, yeah, the mental side of that is more what I was training than, um, than anything physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. But I, like also the yeah, <laughs> uh, just also the practicing throwing my foot over my head because it's just like this weird move that's like kind of kind of novel that I didn't. Yeah, totally. Before. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I had a mm-hmm. I had a conversation with uh, Jesse Firestone recently, and we were talking about um, climbing pace, and I kind of had the realization like, oh, I I used to visualize way more than I do now. I used to lay in bed and go through roots and go through boulders like over and over and over again because I didn't have any other stuff to really think about. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of fallen off because I just, I'm just, uh, you know, my attention's more divided between more uh, things that I'm doing and, and doing the podcast and everything. And that's fine. I find that like, it doesn't really hold back my climbing in the long term, but I think things probably take more time. It takes me longer to get to that point where I'm just like, no hesitation autopilot just flowing through a sequence you know it might take me like three or four days to get to that point instead of i can get there on my second day you know um i think visualizations is kind of the big difference there 
it's kind of like free totally. reps. Think, like you can like practice your thing and get used yeah. to it and get dialed without you losing skin or getting tired or tweaking. Yeah, your with fingers. your most powerful muscle. Yeah, mm. and it just doesn't get that tired. It's pretty. It's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I'm a big fan of it. I have a I have a topic from uh from your buddy Sam Stroh. <laughs> okay. Lucid dream root practice. Have you uh, okay dreamt about? <laughs> have you sent funny. things in your dreams? Are you lucid dream? visualization sending <laughs> yeah. what's going on there like like yes and no i guess um my dreams are pretty crazy i have like these i don't i haven't like looked into it a ton but um i like have these really long dreams at night that'll feel like a week and i tend to have multiple of them a night wow. um and i have had a, a few of them be like like occasionally they're lucid and occasionally in my dreams i'm climbing on my project and occasionally in my dreams, I find new beta that works. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty rare that it works. A lot of the time I go back and I try this new beta I found in my dream. Not a lot of the time. This doesn't happen all the time. This has happened a few times. Mm -hmm. um, but there's been a probably a, a good, a, like probably like 10 times where I've like had dreams where I like went back to a route and tried beta and it like didn't work at all. It, like the hold that I thought uh, I would do this move with is significantly smaller. I can't actually hold very well, or the foot is farther away than I thought, or something like that it is like pretty common. But every once in a while, I do find something in my dream that like allows me to send that like works that is actually better beta. Um, and that kind of like goes into the whole. I like spend a lot of time playing with beta and figuring out better beta. And a lot of the routes I've done, I've done with different beta than other, anyone else has done or that I know of anyone else doing. Mm. Um, that like I sat there and sat on a rip forever and mined beta. Um, mind beta. I like that. Yeah. Mm. Or mine, M-I-N-E. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of it does not come from lucid dreams. <laughs> I don't think that, I actually don't think that, I can't think of a route that I got beta from a dream that it worked and that's what I went with. But there's definitely been like betas that I've had in dreams where I like did something differently and like I have tried it and it works, but I'll, it's pretty rare that it's better. It I, I can think of like three specific times where it was like a gym boulder that I was trying or something and it worked <laughs> and it was better, but not, not anything like super notable. I don't mm. think. Yeah. Oh, on, no, I'm bad man. Actually like a lower, like on the lower crux, I like in my dream, like in my dream, I like pivoted all the way around the hip like mm. all the way around because it's a dream and it's weird. But then I like <laughs> went back to the root, you know, I went back to the root and like, I thought about pivoting that hip into the wall more. And I like started doing this crux like every time, mm. um, which was, which is pretty cool. The lower crux mm -hmm. I like struggled with for quite a while. People. Yeah. This and, has no relevance to anyone listening unless you're trying bad man, but are you doing the, right. Sorry. are you, no, no, that's cause I'm going to ask you a question in oh, case okay, I go cool. back and try to do the thing. <laughs> are you doing the beta where you like come into the, Undercling pinch yeah, and go out yeah, to the little the, knob. Mm -hmm. And the, the little knob and then you like tuck your knee and bump your foot up and then you like do the cross. Yeah. That's how I do it. Um, I think the other beta works like the like double Gaston slap thing that people do is uh, that's kind of like tall beta. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I can't reach off the feet that are good. I can reach off some higher feet that allow it to work, but it's really, really heinous that way. Mm -hmm. I think the other way is really heinous too. I mean, it's certainly one of the hardest boulders I've ever done in general hmm. um but um it's like more repeatable like once you know how to do it it's so it's so body position dependent that that's more my style that yeah. i can like figure out the position and then i can repeat the position 
but yeah, but that route, I actually, so me and Hunter, both my good buddy Hunter, I think, you know, Hunter Murray, Mm -hmm. we climb at Smith together all the time and he's Mr. Smith rock beta. He just spends a lot of time hanging on the rope, figuring out exactly how to do things. And he has beta for everything at that, at that area. And, uh, he did the route a year before I did. And the way he did the route, he's five eleven with a plus four. Oh, wow. I'm like five, eight and a half with like about a six foot wingspan. So like a plus three and a half, which is great at Smith, but it, it is different than Hunter. He's has more reach than me and he is taller than me. I'm not short, but I can't do the long reaches that he does. And we did that route pretty much entirely differently. I think every crux we did differently. Uh, the upper crux is like vaguely the same. You're going from the pocket, but um, I like use the intermediate and like bump a foot and like find myself in a different position to do the move. And then the sequence below that, I like, there's like a, this is going to get like really specific for people that don't know, but you, uh, like, if you know that sequence, you grab that really shitty credit card thing and you like go to that sloper with like the little ball on it. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I like do a totally different sequence there. I like found like a way to like build my feet high and I hit this other ear and I don't do a, a single big move. I just like stay really tic-tac-y and I like hand foot match and I have my foot at the same height, like on the rest hold to like go to the hold. And in that, like I spent a long time figuring that out and that's like different than Hunter and I do the bottom boulder different and yeah. But I figured out a way that I can do it that's all body position based that allowed me to to do the route while I was still a significant amount weaker than I am right now. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I think now I could go back and do it like that way, but I've always kind of tried to do routes that are pretty hard for me and I've never been super, not that strong. So I've always found like little ways that I can like tuck a hip or get a different foot or trust a worse foot and make it a little bit easier. Man, I'm I'm just having flashbacks. I wonder if I'll ever go back to Batman. <laughs> I just remember, you, you know, you, you hit that sloper <laughs> and it's got like little piranha teeth on it. Like it's not really a sloper. It's just this weird you have spiky to, You little... have to hit like... Yeah, your index on that sharp crystal, you have to pinch. You uh-huh. don't pinch, you're, you're out of there. <laughs> I always yeah. hated that rest. Like you stick that move and you get into that like sharp back three pocket and you're like resting, yeah, yeah. air quotes, you know, shaking out before the oh, final yeah. crux. I, oh, I do not rest there. <laughs> I, I always hated that. I always hated yeah. that shake. I was like, I don't want to stop here, but I also feel like I need to shake a couple times before I launch in. Anyway. I, yeah. <laughs> We're Just in the weeds. A quick, a quick thing, quick thing on that. Yeah, we, we can jump out. <laughs> we can jump back out into like more um, normal, normal conversation. But quick thing on that, actually, um, I uh, I found that when I was trying to like do the route, uh, it felt better to get there and rest. I would like leave feeling better, but then I would like be more pumped and I would never stick the crux. And I found that if I just don't rest there at all, even if I'm coming from like below the lower crux, like I would feel worse, but I would do the move. Mm. Which is interesting. That which is a really interesting yeah. like trade off that actually I find happens a lot on sport routes for me, where I'm like, I could just sit on this like kind of shit rest and like maybe I feel better, like my heart rate's lower, and I like feel better going into the sequence. But actually, my my arms are more tired, mm-hmm. and I would rather. Um, th- it ends up being better to just like keep my heart rate up, but like move faster, and then I like actually can stick the move because if it's if it's not because I'm like so tired and gassed that I'm like, my cardio is giving out and I like can't breathe, then it tends to be better for my forearms to be less pumped to do moves on small holds. So I like would rather just move faster than rest on a shitty hold. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a trade-off that I've like played with a bunch and it depends on the route totally. But I think that's something that that's another thing that I like spend a lot of time with is like figuring out like where I want to rest and how I want to rest and 
I sometimes will skip rests that seem obvious. And I'll sometimes sit at rests that seem really bad because I'm like thinking about different things recovering differently. And I'm like, maybe I get to like a massive jug, but like, I'm not actually like, I'm not like that tired. I don't need to stop, but, and I don't want to sit on my arms. So I just keep going and then I'll get to like two cramps and I'm like tired. So I need to sit and calm down, but it doesn't matter that my arms are getting more pumped because I'm doing climbing afterwards. It's more like about like being fit and as opposed to like having Cramp strength. If that something. makes sense. I don't yeah, know. If yeah. That, yeah. I don't know if that all like. No, tricks, I, but. yeah, I, I, this all resonates. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're just getting into like the complexities of, of sport climbing and why sport climbing is so totally. freaking cool and, <laughs> and so cool. challenging. God, it's so good. Yeah. Cause yeah, like what, what you're talking about on Batman, that makes sense to me. It's like, yeah, you get maybe even a little bit less pumped or you, the sensation after resting at that final rest is like you're less pumped, but then you power out because you're actually just like yeah, spending, you're done. spending more time. Yeah hanging on shitty holds yeah yeah Yeah. totally versus like maybe you can just be kind of pumped and still do that next sequence but Mm -hmm. you're maybe not going to be able to be powered out at all and do that next sequence right and that's like that's more of a vague thing i don't know i'm not talking about batman specifically like just in general with yeah no it's a good take resting on different hard sport routes yeah um yeah i play with that a lot i think about that quite a lot and i think that's i think i find myself being like i think i'm really good at like figuring out how to like do a sport for myself really well pretty quickly um for how strong i am and like my strengths i feel like i'm pretty good at figuring out like a way to do the rock climb um so i'll pretty quickly i'll pretty frequently like go do routes that seem really really hard and find a way to like be right pointing it pretty fast um through like all these tactics that i've like spent a bunch of time on yeah. even though i'm like not like you know i can't do anything impressive on like a hangboard or you know on like a moonboard or anything but that's not like it doesn't really it does apply but like it's not like it's not most people's limiting factor you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and i've spent a lot of time the same way a lot of people have spent a lot of time learning how to hang on one finger on a mono and do a pull up um i've spent like a lot of time figuring out how i can like optimize tactics and like figure out how to rest and recover and stuff and so we've just you know spent our time in different ways and come out with similar results and you know if they spent the same amount of time that i did learning how to if people that like can do one arm monos spent the same amount of time that I did, like learning how to like rest and recover, they climb crazy hard things. And if I (laughs) spent a bunch of time learning how to one arm one, I would probably put climb crazy hard things. And it's just the trade-off that everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone talks about. But for me, it's more fun to go climb on rock climbs (laughs) than figure out how to do them really well. So that's what I do. Yeah, totally. I remember, uh, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but another really big red pointing lesson that I learned, uh, it was actually on uh, Brill Master in the Agro Goalie. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It taught me the lesson that like the best beta is the best beta depends on the context. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I was trying that final, you know, I was trying the route and I was getting to the end every single time. And the way to do the final bolt, like where you come around the lip and you like get to that jug yeah, pocket, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I was grabbing that little nugget pinch thing. Totally. Um, and that was the easiest way for me to do that move. But I would always power out because you're like crimping for 15 moves in a row before that, right? So I ended up like realizing, oh, if I if I stay on the lower hold that's better and less finger dependent and do a harder move that's more shouldery, then I'm actually like, it's a harder move, but I'm fresh because I haven't used my shoulders very much yet on the route. And so I actually changed my beta to, a, to something that felt harder in isolation. But in the context of the whole route, it, it made the difference and felt easier. Totally. And that's, I do shit like that all the time where like off the rope, I'll maybe do the sequence like significantly more times one way, but I'm like, I won't do that from the ground because 
because of the way the rest of the route climbs, like this will be harder this way. Um, there's a route on like on, there's a move on to Bolt actually, which is what I was trying when I was Justin Smith, and it's up high. It's like, um, did you climb on that route much? Do you know? It well, no, I don't know it very well. A little bit, yeah. Okay. There's like um, you you're crimping for a long time basically, and your mm-hmm. farms get pretty tired of pulling down on holds. And there's a sequence up high where you kind of get this like pocket, and then I think most people go touch this thumb press, and then they go like right hand again to this pocket. And it's not like a proper crux necessarily, but to me it felt pretty hard because I'm flamed off this hold and I'm like doing another big move. And it's like at the point where you're like, you don't want to drop it anymore. Yeah. You could, but you don't want to. And I found that there's like this undercling here and it is harder, but if you like roll it into like this gas on undercling and build your foot at your face, you can like cross and it's a hard move but it's all in your shoulder and it's like in your thumb and you don't crimp at all. And like the rest of my body is like fine at that point if I'm making like a big link. So it's, it doesn't really matter that I'm doing this like V three or four move. It's not V three or four, it's, but like hard move. Um, it doesn't matter that I'm doing a hard move up there because it's not the things that are tired mm-hmm. and it's still so it's so within my ability to do it that I like will probably do it almost every time. But if I'm trying to do a move that's like super easy, like flat hold to flat hold with like normal feet, like at that point, like it's way harder to do that because I'm like so pumped from like just pulling down on holds. And then even switching that up allows it to make that move feel restful mm-hmm. because it's different than what I'm doing. And so I, yeah, I play with shit like that a ton. Yeah. I've, I've found a bunch of different fun bait on <laughs> to bolt that lets me kind of do stuff like that. Yeah, I do a palm press at one point. It's dope. <laughs> palm press on bolt on a dead vertical yeah, wall. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I just palm the wall so I can bring space to bring my foot up. Mm. I like push my hips out. Yeah, it's cool. Hell yeah. And we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Tindec. I've talked about this thing a lot on the show because I'm a huge fan. The Tindec Progressor might be the most useful training tool I own. I've had mine for a little over a year now. I use it at the gym. I use it in my van. I use it at the crag. I use this thing all the time and it's super duper handy. What is it? The Tindec Progressor is a digital force gauge that you can sync to your phone with Bluetooth to measure your finger strength. You can use it for all sorts of other exercises too. This thing looks like a little block with a couple holes in it. You can attach it to a tension block. All you need is some type of hangboard, a couple carabiners, a sling, and your Tindec, and you can do legit finger training anywhere. It pairs with your phone and gives you a live readout of how much load you're pulling with your fingers. So you can do max hangs or recruitment pulls or whatever you want to do literally anywhere. I flew my Tindec to Magicwood and Rocklands last summer. It's really small. It weighs almost nothing, so it was no big deal. And I did all of my training with a tension block, a sling, and my Tindec all summer, and I set an all-time finger strength PR a few months into the trip, just from doing a few hard pulls before I went climbing a couple days a week. I've talked about this thing a lot with Tyler Nelson. He's a huge fan of this thing. He's the one who introduced me to it. There's lots of ways you can use it. It's awesome. Go to tindeck.com to check out their products. I have the Progressor 300, but the 200 is more than enough capacity for finger training. 
and use code NUGGET to save $10 off anything in their shop. That's Tindeck.com, T-I-N-D-E-Q.com, and use code NUGGET at checkout to save $10 off your order. Train your fingers anywhere with Tindeck. This episode is brought to you by Rhino Skin Solutions. Rhino provides the best skincare products on the market for climbers made from plant-based, great quality ingredients with no fillers and no BS. I still use the repair cream all the time and it really does wonders for helping my skin heal faster after a hard outdoor bouldering session. If I come home from a day of climbing and my skin is torn up, I wash my hands. I love Rhino's wash product for that, that's new. And then I immediately apply the repair cream and I apply it several times throughout the evening. If I have really damaged skin, like a flapper or a split or something like that, I've been psyched on a new product from Rhino called Split Plus. It's made for severely chapped or worn or cracked skin, and it's awesome. I was recently trying a project on Flagstaff Mountain near Boulder, Colorado, which is the sharpest place I've ever climbed, and I was using Split Plus a lot, and it really, really helped. If you wanna level up your skin game, head over to rhinoskinsolutions.com and check out their great line of products and enter code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next order. Again, that's rhinoskinsolutions.com. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off the best skincare products in the game. And now back to the show. Let's um let's pivot. I want to talk to you about Presic Peak. I okay. thought that was really yeah. sick. I, I had no idea that you were trying that free route up there. And um yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by all the things that you've done over the last couple of years, but seeing that, I was like, wow, damn, what a what an undertaking to climb 514 up at Presic Peak. So for people listening, this is up in the enchantments. Um, in Washington, outside of Leavenworth, Washington, and I've climbed Presick before, and it's a long, so it's it's a very logistically challenging thing to do because you have to get reservations, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get reservations for camping. So you're, you know, you're just day hiking, day missioning this thing, and it's like, I mean, what is the approach? It's got to be like seven miles or something to get up there. Yeah, it's. Um, it's eight or it's, it's nine or 11 miles, nine or 11 miles. Yeah. Depending on which way you come. Um, there was a joke with the people that I was going up there with that it's nine or 11, <laughs> this, the way that we were going, because we just didn't want to say a specific number. If you go up cold check over Asgard, just, it's, it's nine, but it's more elevation. I, yeah. Uh, other, other way. Oh, really? I think it's, I think actually it's, I think actually it's 10 either way. It's just the other way is more of elevation. Um, but there's like more like strenuous terrain on the cold truck side like asgard just sucks to do it's like yeah. asgard is a about a mile that gains uh, i don't know like two thousand feet of elevation maybe mm-hmm. more than that yeah. it might be three thousand i think that's right i don't remember specifically um a lot it's very steep it's a mile that's very steep and it's like kind of like um sandy and like it's not that bad but it isn't fun for the heavy pack um, so that's on the the cold truck side, but actually when you start on snow Lake, you start way lower. Cause you start like in, in Leavenworth, you know, mm-hmm. you start like at icicle Creek versus the other way you drive up a bunch of the elevation. 
um, when you start going up to Kolchak. Um, yeah, you're right. Kresik is always, you get up, if you go up Kolchak and you get over Asgard, you feel like you're there, but then it's still so freaking far to get all it's the way to It's actually so far, but it's, <laughs> yeah. but it's all kind of down and flat and it's right. extremely beautiful. So you're like, don't really care because you're like, I'm totally. land. Like, yeah. this is the most amazing place. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's called the Enchantments for a reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, whichever way you go, it's a bunch of uphill and it's about 10 miles to get there. Um, tell me about the first time you climbed Presick Peak. That's what I. That's where I want to start with this story. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, back in 2019, which was like my like second year climbing, I got a. I um was pretty stoked on like the idea of trad climbing, but I hadn't like gone multi pitch climbing really, and I met this guy, my my good buddy Nathan uh, Nathan Longhurst. Um, and we, we met at index or at index, we climbed a multi-pitch and then we like got along really well. We had similar things we were stoked on and we decided we were going to like go to Leavenworth for three days together because neither of us had anything going on. And, uh, we did outer space, which was my second multi-pitch ever. Oh, that's a good one. Second multi-pitch that I led anything on, I guess. I think I like had done two others at some point. Yeah. Like second multi-pitch ever. And then the next day we're like, let's climb Prusik or Nathan was like, let's climb Prusik. And I'd seen photos of Prusik, um when I was like looking at if there was climbing in Washington because I went to school in Montana and I didn't know there was climbing in Washington when I found climbing. And then I found out there was amazing climbing in Washington. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, so I heard of Prusik and I was like, whoa, that seems crazy. Like, do you think we can do it? And he was like, yeah, it'll be sick. Nathan has a history in ultra running and <laughs> is just an overall mountain man. He'd like, he's climbed, he's now climbed every boulder and he's climbed, he climbed the casino he's like a mountain man and i was was not at the time at all um but i was like okay yeah if you think we can do it we can do it um i had no idea how long it would take um or i'd never been in the backcountry like that before properly i'd like gone skiing at ski resorts and i'd like gone climbing at a few like local crags like near the like you know like off the road like little side and then we yeah we just we hiked in and it took forever and we climbed the stanley bergner and the stanley bergner is like this classic five nine plus route on uh on prusik and it has like these upper pitches that have like these chimneys and that are kind of pumpy and they're not that easy i've gone back i did this route again this summer and i was like this is not that easy um my friends that came up with me i make all of them do that route because it's like a you have to do it if you're up there at prusik it's really good and it's like a, a rite of passage and they all do it. And they're like, that was way off as I thought it would be for five, nine plus. Mm. So we did this route and um, it was ended up being 18 hours car to car. I hallucinated on the way back. It was like, <laughs> a, it was like a life changing experience. I like had never, I didn't know that like the world offered experiences like that. Um, and I like came back from that experience being like, the mountains are amazing. Rock climbing is amazing. I don't want to do anything else ever. I went back to school and I ended up leaving school at that time. I was in school in Montana and I just like started traveling and rock climbing. And I very much think that if I hadn't had that experience, I would have had a really different um, approach to that like transition. Hmm. That experience was like very much a catalyst to like the, the like change in my life where I was like, this is what I want more of. And like, this is really cool. And it blew my mind in so many ways. I didn't like, I saw so much beautiful, so many beautiful spaces that I like, didn't know we had in Washington mm-hmm. and it, yeah. And like rock climbing is amazing. And I was like 
just wanted to do more of it. But yeah, and then so that mountain's always kind of like been pretty important to me. And I went back the year afterwards. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of knew that I wanted to go solo something around. I didn't have a partner and I was like, I was pretty stoked on soloing at the beginning of my climbing. And I decided to solo the Becky Davis, which is a 5.9 on the, on the same aspect as the Stanley Bergner. Has this like headwall splitter that's pretty cool. Um, and when you're going up and hiking 10 miles into something, you're going to go solo. It's kind of like an an experience. You're like, you have a lot of time with your with your own thoughts and thinking about what you're about to go do. And so the whole hike in up Cold Truck and back down Cold Truck was like an experience um, of like in my own head, thinking about what I was doing, where I was, how I got there and climbed this. I climbed the route, had an amazing time. I summited. I down climbed the West Ridge. And as I down climbed the West Ridge, I looked over at this panel wall and this panel wall has uh, what is now or what was still at the time prayer for a friend, which is this head wall splitter finger crack. And it's like out. It's like, I don't know how to describe how perfect it is. Like you, Mm. you're standing on this ledge. It's this white black checkered rock with green and like orange lichen lining the whole thing. It's this like overhanging curving splitter into the sky. And you're just staring off into the mountains in the background. Anyone who's, I, I think you've seen it, but anyone else who hasn't, there's a photo on my Instagram that my good friend Victoria took. And it's, this is the view that you see that I saw Mm. when you're on the West Ridge and you just see this like beautiful picture with these mountains in the background and this overhanging splitter. And it's like, as someone that was already inspired by finger crack climbing and had heard of this rock climb, it was like, I sat there for a while. I like sat there for like 20 minutes staring at it being like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I took a photo of it that day and I made it my background on my phone. I had no intention of trying it anytime soon. I just was like, this exists and this is like the pinnacle. I was like, I love hard climbing and I like love being in the mountains. And I think this is like one day if I could climb this rock climb, like that would be it, you know? Mm. And Nick, I know I knew Nick Bear was trying it at the time. He referred to it as the Alpine Cobra, which as Cobra being the other big thing that's always been on my mind is like the single pitch of the world. I was like, this has gotta be pretty sick. This has gotta be pretty mega. Yeah, and then and then it stayed in the background of my phone. I fast forward a few years and I for like a year and I had found myself doing some pretty hard finger cracks. I like did Stingray which was pretty eye-opening for me because it's, as I think I mentioned earlier, it was like a really big jump in my climbing. I like skipped a grade and it was on gear and I did it like really, really fast. And I was like, oh, I guess finger crack climbing is something that I'm kind of like good at. This is like something that's very much up my alley. And then I, that same summer tried City Park and I did some other like harder things. And uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to through on the enchantments when she like came up to Washington to hang out. And, um, I was, I was like, yeah, you should, you should do that all through run it. And I'll, um, I'll just go, I'll start before you and I'm going to take a rope and like a light rack and some shoes. And I'm just going to like throw a rope down this thing that I've always thought about and just see what's up and see what's going on with it. So I like left like, like 5am or something. And then I like, (laughs) I was planning to like hike, but then it was a Saturday morning. And I don't know if you've hiked, you've, have you hiked there on a weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah it's like unbelievably crowded, Mm -hmm. Um, which is like a whole other thing with like the permit system that maybe I'm maybe not the person to talk to about, but it's like a whole thing. 
it's very, it gets very busy up there. Um, it's cause it's extremely beautiful and people know about it. But when you're like walking and I walk really fast and you're having to pass people all the time, I like can't really walk slowly or like <laughs> walk. Uh, I can't like kind of like slowly pass people. If I'm passing people, I kind of jog. Hmm. And I just found myself jogging like the first two miles. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run the whole thing. So then I like ran up to Prusik, got there way faster than I thought. <laughs> and then wow. solo of the West Ridge with the rope on, which is was the, the plan anyways, which is like mostly 5-4 with like a 5-7 move. And then I threw a rope down. I built this anchor that I didn't love. <laughs> and I was like, I threw a rope down where I thought the route was wrapped in not the right route and it, i like see it off to the side and i'm like hanging in space off this anchor that i built that i didn't love and i was like damn it i like i fucked up and i like don't have a ton of time because i'm trying to like get back in time to like see my i didn't have a ton of time to hang out with my girlfriend but so i wanted to like see her that evening and i was like i don't have a ton of time to just like sit here and fast and like epic you know to so jug out on this anchor in space and uh we walk over, realize there's a bolt that I'm that I can clip and wrap <laughs> off of. And it didn't have to wrap off my sketchy anchor. I could have clipped like a perfect bolt. Wrap off the bolt. I like throw some gear in and uh I like fix the rope underneath me so I can like play with the moves without falling away from the crack. And I like fondle all the holds and I like try all the crux the sections of it that's hard. And I realize that I I think I can do it. I'm like I can I think that on that first day I did every move. Um, wow. I didn't do any moves together because I wasn't trying to rip skin. I wasn't really like trying to climb a ton, but I like did every individual move. And I, in the future, didn't do many of them the same way that I did that day. But it, it was enough for me to be like, this is a rock climb that I think I can do. This is crazy. I should like try it. And uh, I took my rope and I like ran down the West Ridge and, or solo down the West Ridge and ran out. Um, which which was ended up being like pretty cool because I'd never threw on the enchantments before or even threw hiked at all. Um, so I like threw ran it, got a climb on the mega rig. That was like one of the cooler days I actually had on the route. It was like <laughs> That's the, a mega the, day. one the eye opening of being like, oh, like this route is doable. I can do it. And also getting it through on the entire enchantments. I mean, for for people listening, like on a whim was like amazing. Yeah, for people listening That's, that haven't being been miles. there. Yeah, eighteen miles. 18, 19, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I always thought like 20. Steep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Roughly yeah, 18 to 20 miles. There's two yeah. different entrances, which is why you can through hike it. Like you can park at the upper elevation and, and end up going down mm-hmm. Snow Creek or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's a, for most people, there's so much elevation. It's almost 20 miles. Like you're freaking wrecked at the end of this day if you're just hiking it, you know, if you're not doing any yeah. rock climbing or additional mm-hmm. peak bagging or anything. So. That's a big freaking day. It, yeah, it is a big day for sure. Um, it is, that is, that is like my, my thing. I'm like, I really, I love the big day. I love the long, I like have a background as a soccer player and I did a ridiculous amount of like long days, like training and just like running a ton. My cardio is like really great. Um, so like these like El Cap in a day things are like really up my alley. Mm-hmm. I like love the, the long day things. So doing stuff like that was like, I was pretty stoked on. And to me, it's not probably as heinous as it would be to a lot of other people because it doesn't tax me probably as much. And I just get, I get to like be out there not like, oh my God, I'm so wrecked. I get to be like, oh my God, this place is so beautiful. And I'm like having a great time, Mm. which makes, I think that makes that experience really different than like worrying about being like, am I overexerting myself? Because I know I'm not. Um, But yeah, so then later that year, I grabbed my buddy Nathan, who I did the route with the first time. And uh, 
we went up to, we actually, a week before that, did a different Alpine route in Washington. We, the, the route that Nathan Hadley put up, Deep Blue. Oh, like cool. 13C, 15 pitch thing. Um, I did that like a few, like a week before with Nathan, a week before this thing I'm about to talk about, um, with Nathan. And like, that was one of our first times climbing together in quite a while. And we were like, we should climb more together. And I was like, well, there's this thing I want to try on Prusik, which is like the mountain that we climbed together. Like that first time, like, do you want to go check it out and support me on it? And he was like, hell yeah, I would love to go spend time in the enchantments. And then, so we went back up there for three days and, uh, climbed on the route, realized that I could do the whole, all of it. I could do all of it, but I was doing the same move over and over. Like I was like doing this big reach and I was taking like this bad two finger lock and I would like bring it to my waist and like cross through, like unwind. And that sequence kind of works. Um, but it puts a lot of strain on this knuckle on this finger. And, uh, I injured myself like really quickly. I like mm-hmm. tried it once that trip and I like couldn't finger lock anymore. So we just climbed the rest of the routes. And that I hadn't climbed on the formation. We climbed Dish Sportsman. We climbed Solid Gold. And then, yeah, we like ran up the West Ridge and just like bopped around the enchantments and like enjoyed being up there, which was like, you know, part of the main reason to be up there, anyways, is because you want to be up in this beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, the rock climb is like, was the, the motivator. But like, you know, if the rock climb, if I was hiking 10 miles to like, like, I love the VRG, but if I was hiking 10 miles to be hanging out at the VRG to do this rock climb, like, I just would have chosen a different rock climb. <laughs> like, I just, I wanted, we just wanted to be up there. So it was, it ended up being fine. Um, and then uh, I came back. So I, I thought about it all year because I, like, knew I could kind of, knew I could kind of do it. I, but I, like, would have to, like, go with intention and, like, put the work in and, like, go up there a bunch. So then I went to, had had a year, did a bunch of stuff. I did, like, the free rider in day in the fall. I did, like, my climbing at Smith in the winter and was feeling stronger. And then I went to Australia for three months or two months, I think. And actually while I was there, I felt really, really weak. I like didn't climb anything hard the whole time I was there because I just really struggled to partially struggled with the style there. It's like really physical. And also I just like, wasn't really feeling great. And so I came back for the summer being like really motivated, but like not sure where I was at physically and being like, well, I'm going to go try the thing, see what it feels like. And then I'm going to like do my training or whatever and see if, Climbing world wall gets me fit. Um, and then I I went up there with, I convinced Brittany uh, to go up there with me. And I didn't look at the weather, which was so <laughs> dumb. It was so dumb. We just didn't look at the weather. And we just went up there in a snowstorm. <laughs> and it was just like, and every time it got snowy and cold, I was just like, it'll just be fine in a few hours. Like, it, it's going to be great. Like, the conditions here are going to be better than they were if they were if we weren't here, you know. And that's like a quote I heard at World Wall a long time ago, where someone said like, "The conditions are always best at the crag," you know. Like your chances of doing your route are better in the pouring rain with terrible conditions if you're at the base of the route trying to do it than they are if you're sitting on the couch, <laughs> like going, you know, like regardless of like how bad the conditions are, it's better to be there than it is to not be there if you want to do the thing. Um, and like obviously there's like a hole that's not always quite the case but like when you're factoring rest and stuff but i like i like that mindset where you're like i'm gonna go i'm gonna try and i don't really care about like the extraneous factors like i have like stuff that i want to do and i'm gonna try to do it mm-hmm. regardless so it was like snowy and we in the snow climbed the stanley bergner and then i was gonna wrap into the pitch to try it and i wrapped in and i quite like climbing in the cold and it's overhanging enough that it actually felt fine. And I like sessioned it for an hour and a half and 
made a bunch of progress and was like, wow, I think I like figured out a bunch of sequences. Like this feels great. I don't have to do this tweaky move in my finger. Like I'm psyched. I got up to the top. I like pull, you pull over onto this ledge and Brittany was just like hanging out. Cause she was, because I was like rip rolling and she was just like freezing cold. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I didn't mean to just like leave you up here like to freeze. I didn't think it was that bad. And then she was like going to climb on it. So she wrapped in to climb on it. And as soon as she started wrapping in to climb on it, it just started like wind, like a bunch of wind and like it was getting covered in snow and rain. (laughs) So she just got like the shit under the stick on that and she couldn't climb on it. And uh, I was like, I kind of wanted like someone else to that like is a badass finger crack climber to like climb on it. So I could have some perspective as well. And like, or at least someone tell me either like, dude, this isn't actually that hard or like, dude, this is super hard. Or like, why are you doing these sequences this way? You know? The way that you'd share it with someone else, and I had no, I, no one else like really climbed on it. So I had no idea if I was doing anything the way it was supposed to be done or not supposed to be done. But like the way that other people had done it, I guess, um, or if there's something like crazy that I was crucial that I was just, like missing, or yeah. Anyways, but uh, that didn't quite happen, and we bailed, and uh, yeah, and we hiked out, and it was like it was a really cool experience for her because she'd never been up there and she always wanted to be up there, but we didn't like have a super productive climbing experience i went back two weeks later with my friends Vic, with victoria and my friend jesse and Vic, that's when victoria took these photos and then i like yeah learned a bunch about l- learned a bunch more about the route tried to red point it, the pitch like just the crux pitch and uh didn't got close and then left and then i kind of got sucked into cobra the rest of the summer and i didn't go back um until i was like i left cobra and i was I climbed at World Wall for a day and I'd done the route at World Wall I wanted to do and climbed at World Wall for a day and I just felt really good. And I was like, wow, I think my fitness is great. I'm like peaking. I just did Cobra. I'm like feeling the best I've ever felt. And there was like a bit, uh, there was like a three day window of weather that looked good in the enchantments. And, um, and I worked on one of the days and I like asked my boss, I was like, can I just not come in on this day because I want to do this rock climb? I'd talked about the route like with my work and it's a gear store in Seattle. So they're pretty psyched on <laughs> like my rock climbing. And I was like, can I just not come in to try to do this rock climb? And he was like, yeah, don't, don't come in. But hey, like go do the rock climb, which actually is what happened when I did Cobra as well. I was supposed to work the day I sent Cobra <laughs> and I asked and it was, I was like, this is the last day of the season. Can I not come in? He was like, yeah, you don't come in. Try to do the route. Why, why last day of the and season? Just weather coming in? It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like last day of the season for sure, I guess. Like Amity tried it the next day, I think in the morning, but like weather came the next day. Mm-hmm. And I, it's better to, for Cobra, it's better to climb it in the evening because uh, it's in the shade. The whole route's in the shade. In the morning, there's like tree shade, mm. but there's not like a ton of, like it's not like amazing. You'll probably get some hold in the sun mm-hmm. and it can make, that can make a really big difference. Um, So the evening's better but it's hard because you have to wait all e- all day to like climb on the route. But uh, yeah, it was just the last day that like worked with my schedule and then rain was coming in and like, maybe there'd be another day that I could like come up here. But like, mm-hmm. you know, the momentum was there at the time I'd fallen really high on it. Like earlier that week, I was like, this is, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen mm-hmm. on this day. Mm-hmm. And so I like asked, I was like, can I not come in? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then two weeks later, exactly. What's the name the of the gear store? We should give them a shout out. Oh yeah. Oh, if I not, yeah, I sent outdoors. That's like send outdoors. I, I sent outdoors. I sent outdoors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's we're, awesome. we just moved. We're in Interbay. We used to be in Ballard. We're a dope gear store. <laughs> we sell, we sell totems. And you sell totems. Shoes. Yeah. And like mountaineering 
If I if I only knew that you sent totems, I'd be like, ooh, that store is legit. That's a good gear no, store. Which is why I actually applied to work there. I went in there once, bought totems, and was like, this gear store is legit. They sell totems. And then I applied <laughs> to work there. And I like drive from Issaquah to this gear store every day because I, I love the people I work with and I like love the I love the store and I like I really love gear. I'm a gear nerd. So especially about climbing shoes and stuff. So I'm pretty psyched on when people come in and I can nerd out about things and help them find gear. Mm-hmm. So it works really well for me and they like me there. So they let me work and yeah, but yeah, I thought that I'd mentioned that earlier. Yeah. The sun outdoors, they're the best. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, back to Prusik. Yeah. So back to, yeah, back to Prusik. Let's see. Where was I? Oh, um, yeah, there was like, um, a good weather window and I, Will was around and I knew I could, he wanted to go into the mountains cause I talked to him about the enchantments. And so he was just like to get up there. And I was like, will you come support me on this thing? And he was like, hell yeah. And I'd uh, I'd never left the ground on the route. There's about five pitches up to the base of the crux that go at 12 minus. Yeah, and this was, um, uh, this that, was an established... That freed. Yeah, Fitzcahal route. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So it's an established Fitzcahal route with an aid pitch. Got it. Because and he'd tried to free it and he'd like gotten close, but it wasn't quite in the cards for him. And Nick had tried to free the pitch and... Yeah, and Nick did some retro bolting on the beginning to make it a little bit safer. It still heads up, but it's like safer. I think Fitz was doing it in a really, really bold way, mm. which is like impressive, like good, like really good style. But, um, but yeah, I hadn't climbed on those bottom pitches because I was just like the twelve minus, and like I only have so much time up here. Like I'm gonna just try to do the part that's like really hard. And so I like left the ground trying to onsite all the pitches and then send the pitch at the top. And I onsited all but one, and like had a foot slip and. Read, redid the pitch on top of or whatever and uh yeah got up to the base of the uh splitter and it was in the sun and when it's in the sun it's it's flaring it's really flaring so it's kind of friction dependent and i i have really wet skin i struggle quite a lot when things are warm i really like to be quite cold um so i, I tried to do it and i like to hung it and i realized a little bit better gear that i could play like a, a better way to place a piece and we went to the top and I like topped out that day. And then the next morning, th- this is like a caveat. I didn't do this route in like stellar, perfect style. I did it over two days and I did like the, I freed the pitch on a different day than I did the bottom. Um, they were in the same trip. The only, there was only like a 12 hour difference in time from when I did each ascent. I like went back to camp. It was like at the base of the wall, but it still wasn't like one continuous push and that like that style remains to be done. and. I hope to hear that someone does it. I would love to hear about someone else trying the route. But my understanding of how a free ascent of a route works, like it qualifies and is like the the pitch was the thing that needed to be done. And that I did the pitch and like the, I did the rest of the route as well. So it like is a free ascent, but it is like with an asterisk and is not right. um, like perfect. Well, that's what, that's something that like, for me. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we'll, we'll, yeah, hold that thought, totally. Book, bookmark yeah, yeah. that. But yeah, that's that's something that um, a lot of people don't know. I didn't know this for a long time, but you start learning about Ascents in Yosemite and like almost, it's a rare person that has like a perfect clean Ascent of anything yeah. on El Cap, for instance. There's all sorts of asterisks. Totally. People will like climb the first third of the wall and then wrap all the way to the ground and like take a rest day and then jug back up there or like, you know... And like Tommy, you know, Tommy and Kevin on um, the Donwall kind of set like the new standard, like this is the legit way. But, you know, that it's it's interesting if you think about it. It's like in your case, if you had hauled a portal edge 
up the wall and like camped at the base of the route, it would have been like the same thing. Instead, you're just hiking all the way down to the bottom, which probably takes even more work. And then going, you know, it's like totally. It, yeah, it's like this whole logistical or uh, sorry, not logistical. Um, well, it is logistical, but it's um, it's interesting how we like get like really stuck up on like the nuance of it. And like it's it's fair because there's like so many different ways that routes can be done and like there at the end of the day like it 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 doesn't it does but it also doesn't like matter like a ton like mm-hmm. everyone has their experience they have and they're going to share what they did like doing it in the best style that you can possibly do it in and being honest about it is like the gold standard right and then if you want to do everything in like a perfect style that's that's also awesome but that like comes to that becomes like a you thing to me to me it feels like it becomes a you thing like if i wanted to do it in a perfect style like that would be because i want to do it for myself not so much to like make it and it's it is hard when it's like a first percent but like generally with roots like the the established style is how the first percent was done like if for instance with a sport route if sharma clip first stick clip the first three bolts like everyone else would say oh it's fine to do it because sharma stick clip the first three bolts and did the first ascent so it's fine but you wouldn't call sharma's ascent invalid because he stick clipped the first three bolts you know mm-hmm. like or or maybe maybe you would i don't know i wouldn't <laughs> um right and I think that's kind of like where the style thing becomes interesting. Um, yeah, it's like this never-ending debate and where you could go in circles about it forever. But I like to just go with like, I'm going to do it the way that I think makes the most sense to me. And I'm going to be honest about that. And everyone else is welcome to do it, however. And no one's ascent is more like valid than anyone else's. But like things done in better style like are different and they should be seen as different. Like mm-hmm. an in-a-day ascent of El Cap versus like a like, or a ground-up ascent of El Cap versus like a, pre-rehearsed ascent of a cap are like very different yeah. neither of them are more valid than the other but like they are different experiences and they should be seen as different but that all, again falls into like people don't really know the difference between the free rider and core zone because like there's only like a letter grade difference there so it's kind of hard to tell and like now we're getting even more into things that are like even more specific that like really make the style different and i think that that's another reason why like like this whole trying to like share things on a mass platform becomes really hard and like is seems confusing and difficult and like to me it's the experiences for myself anyways and to me i want to do it the way that i want to do it for me and like i'll tell the people about it that care about it around me about my experience and like if they think that's cool that's neat but like for me it's for, for me it's for me climbing is like pretty selfish and like i want it to be the way that i want it to be more than i care about what other people think about it yeah if that kind of like wraps up with that i guess yeah yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah i just i just didn't know about a lot of that for a long time like it was pretty it wasn't that long ago that i learned that like oh some people count free ascents for l cap when they've like sent all the pitches out of order over like many seasons you know like oh i didn't realize totally. that like yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of an extreme end of it you know but like some people count that totally. so I, I just learned like, oh, this is a whole spectrum of style and, but there's almost always some asterisks on most free ascents, you know, like even on the Dawn wall, it's like, well, Tommy, you know, red pointed all the way up to, um, I'm totally blanking. What's the, what's the ledge? Like after all the hard climbing. Wino Tower. Yeah. Wino Tower. He like gets all the yeah. way up to there and then like Kevin Topper ups Kevin everything. Kevin Topper Yeah. Like days later. Yeah. Totally. The, yeah. But like Kevin still freed it. Totally. Yeah. 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 Team and, free. and I don't think, I don't think that it's hard with a movie that's that big and that public that like has so many viewers that like really don't know the difference where like 
to start talking about style. So I don't think they did, but I don't think that Kevin never like claimed to be like, Oh, I like did it in the best style possible. I think he was like, I did the Don wall mm-hmm. like, yeah, Hell in, yeah. in a way. And like, right. that's sick. Cause he did the Don wall, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's kind of where it like comes. It's like, I doing the route to me is always what matters more. And like style is important. Like I want to do everything in the best style I can. Like, for example, like when I did Cobra, I didn't like, there's like a nut that you can stick clip. And I like, purposely stopped clipping it at all because it was previously placed in the rock and I like only placed my own gear like on lead because like to me it felt important to do it that way but like it doesn't matter <laughs> like to, it doesn't change the difficulty but like for my experience with that rock climb like that was important to me and that's the same with like prayer like if to me the experience was really important to do the whole route from the ground I would I wouldn't count my ascent and I would say that it needed to be done that way but to me it was doing the pitch was like the important thing and doing the pitch at the top and then doing the rest of the route as well and i think that like the better style like exists there but i think that like yeah again doing things in like the style that matters the most to you or what's important to you as long as you're not don't feel like you're cheating yourself um yeah out of the experience that you wanted and i think that that's that's like yeah on cap like a lot of the time people probably do cheat themselves out of like a little bit of the experience that they wanted by by uh, like letting themselves top rope pitches that maybe are exciting or heady that maybe would be a better style if they led, but it doesn't make it like less valid. I don't think. Right. It goes back to that that classic saying: "There's no cheating in climbing, only lying." Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Just say what you yeah. did. Just say what. Yeah. Just say what you did. And I, but I remember what you're talking about, where you're like, "Whoa, everything isn't done in perfect style all the time, always." Because I. <laughs> I started when I started climbing. Like, I uh, I watched you know Valley Uprising and and like uh, Safety Third and like the Brad Gobert movie. And then I like listened to a ton of. This was before the you had your podcast, and I like listened to like a bunch of like the old Enormacast episodes with like all these people that were like these larger than life characters. And I got like a lot of my ethics from like some of those old episodes. And I was like, everything needs to be done in pure style, and every gear needs to be placed. And sport climbing is dumb. And like <laughs> you're sport climbing and you're not pre-hanging and you're not hanging the drawers yourself. You're an idiot or whatever, you know? Um and like obviously my ethics on that have totally changed. And I like think I see things as a more big picture now. But I remember when I learned that like, yeah, people aren't doing everything per- in perfect style was when uh, I watched the video of Babsy Nicopo doing Zodiac. And they had every piece on the nipple pitch pre-placed. And I was like, what the hell is this? That mm. doesn't count. Like, what do you mean? And now I know about nipple pitch and there's no way that you're that you're doing it without having the gear pre-placed. Like, that would be fucking crazy. Mm. Um, and the fact they did it at all is in- incredibly impressive and, like, 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 a really big deal anyways. And so, yeah, you just, like, learn that things get done in different styles than you maybe think they are. And I think that there's... I do think there could be more emphasis on people talking about the style they do things in and that playing a bigger role in the way that we talk about a sense because it makes a really big difference. And like people don't really know the difference. I don't, I think a lot of people don't really care. I think like climbing is growing so much that people like not everybody that climbs and that is probably listening to your podcast, like even those, the all, all the different routes on LCAP and like nobody really would care about the difference of like a ground up versus a like pre-rehearsed descent. But I think to a lot of people that do care, like we do care and we want to know the differences. And so like when you're doing these types of descents, it like, I think is an important thing to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard because it's also trying to figuring out like how to like appeal to a large, a lot of people like want to appeal to a large amount of people to like help with their like sponsorships and like their funding so they can continue to like live the lifestyle they live. 
which is like important and they have to do that. So like maybe talk going in the nitty gritty about style, like loses a bunch of people and like maybe isn't as important. So that makes sense. But to me, I like, like knowing about the style. I think it should always at least be talked about and like very straightforward and never like hidden. You shouldn't have to do any like digging to figure out that someone did something in a somewhat poor style, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or not poor, but like different than what you'd think. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. And I think like beyond that, I think street credit should just kind of always continue to exist in climbing. You know, like that's one of my favorite totally. things about yeah. trying, you know, like I'm here in Waco and this season is the season of like trying the the classics, you know, like I'm trying some classic yeah, yeah. notoriously hard things and they are grades that I've climbed many times, but it's like, it feels completely different. And anyone who's ever tried those boulders, you're like, oh yeah, that thing, you know, there's this aura around it. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose that. Like I've noticed even doing the podcast, I've noticed that with newer climbers coming up, I think people see like, oh, you did a first ascent of a 514 in the enchantments. And they're like 14 minus, like, what's the big deal? Adam Andres climbing 9C, you know, like. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, but and, but and it's like no, you don't get it. Right. Like this is <laughs> you know? this is like you got to hike ten miles. You got to like be in the mountains. You got to deal with whatever the weather's doing because you can't just come back whenever you want. Like this is a completely totally. a different, different thing. World. Yeah, it's a it it's interesting because it feels almost as if it falls into the category of a different activity. Like not entirely, but like yeah, like I've had to like accept that if I go to a bouldering gym. I am not impressive. I'm like not very good at it. And I am not like anything to be impressed by, but like the rock climbing that I do on like, on like either like crack roots or trad roots is like, is like quite cool and like pretty novel and like different than like what most people can do. And that's because they're really different. Like they require really different skill sets. And like, yeah, like 514, like it isn't that hard. And I mean, it's not easy for sure. It certainly is hard. It's still, but hard. like, yeah, yeah, like it, no, it's it's still still totally hard. Um, but it's like, yeah, like it isn't it isn't cutting edge in terms of like pure difficulty. Like, yeah, Connor Hurston will probably go flash it if he tried it, you know, like, <laughs> um, or like, you know, like a bunch of the comp kids if they like knew how to trad climb would probably go like do it first try. But it's like the like I would be surprised if all of them also got there and like had the desire to go do it, you know, mm-hmm. versus you know, like all the like really, really other crazy hard things that they can do that are really impressive that are a lot closer to them than like take a lot less effort. Yeah. So there's like different things that make things valid and make things like hard. And which is why you have a bunch of different people on your podcast that like do a bunch of different things and not all of them only climb 515. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. 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 How to feel to actually... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, it's interesting with like all the a bunch of new climbers, like if it's it's the number associated with the thing, it's the same as like how like the free rider and El Corazon can be seen as almost the same thing because there's like a really similar number when when you know like people that know like there's that street cred there, like people that know about like Sam doing El Corazon in a day know that's a really big difference than climbing the free rider in a day. Mm. And like that that like is like world class. It's like super elite to have like done. El Corazon in a day, mm. you know, and like, yeah, it's sick. And like doing the free rider days, like impressive too, but like it's, it's different. And like that's that street cred thing. It's the reason why if you go to Smith, like you could do, yeah, you could have like done 14B and 14C in other places, but like if you go to Smith, like you try to do to bolt, like that's a different rock climb. And that mm-hmm. means really different things. Saying that you did to bolt or not to be means a really different thing than being like, I red pointed A14C somewhere, you know? Yeah. And not that it's harder, but it's different. And it's like, 
has it deserves its own respect in a different way because it's it has that street cred totally it's like yeah yeah totally i love that i i care mostly about roots that have street oh, most of the roots that i try yeah. to have like an amount of street cred are they like that's what's inspiring to me yeah yeah i i yeah. have a lot of that too i'm kind of i don't even know where i'm at these days i'm kind of like i've kind of like shifted away from it just getting into climbing in steeper areas and stuff but at the same time mm-hmm. i'm i still i still am drawn to that i still really like that i like i like for the things that i try like the hard things that inspire me the most they always have like an aura around them and it, a lot of times it's just mm-hmm. personal you know it's like you hear about something from someone that you respect and they think it's hard and you're like oh that thing must be hard and then eventually you're trying it and you're doing well on it and you're like this is cool, you know? Is, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, I'm doing something yeah. hard. This feels sick. I feel like a badass right now. That's like where a lot of my inspiration comes from, I think. Totally. I think, um, and this kind of like is something that I actually wanted to touch on, like the like the power of inspiration, you know? Like if you're inspired by something, which to me tends to be things that have like some street cred or like have this aura to them or like have this energy, like you go to them and you like feel the energy of all the people that have been there having this like experience on these routes. And that like holds so much more like weight in my like deciding on what I want to invest in. And if I'm inspired by something, I swear it like improves my ability to climb by like three letter grades, Mm. like not directly, but like, because I'm willing to put in that extra work and like Cobra, for instance, like every time I tried it, I was like, I, just, yeah, I could back up real quick and I kind of on Badman learned that if I wanted to do this route every day I went to the route, I had to be willing to give myself, give all of myself that I had available to the rock climb. And I like couldn't stop until that was done. Like every day I went to it or I, or I wouldn't feel like I would, or I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, because it, it just is really hard for me uh, when I was first trying it, when I actually did it, it was like a little bit easier for me, but when I was first trying it and getting really close, like. I had to go there being like ready to tie in. Like I'm giving hundred percent every time I try and tie in and I'm going to like give as much of myself as I can to this rock climb. Mm-hmm. And I think that I can only do that when I'm really inspired by something. And I think that when people are really inspired by something, it's not that hard to do it. Like you want to do it. You don't have to like, it's not like this thing where you sit there and you're like, no, oh, I got to like get myself psyched up to try really hard. You like want to, mm-hmm. you're like up there and it's not hard to be like, I'm going to try again. Cause like I, this rock climb is amazing and I have to do it, you know? Um, but when you're doing some like, you know, maybe something else in a, some, in a different area that's like not important to you and it's just like some number and you don't even remember the name maybe. And you're like, I just got to get it done. It's a lot harder to like get there to like be like, I'm tying in every time. And people can do it. Tons of people can do it because they just have that like get things done mindset. But for me, if I'm like inspired by something, I can like, get a lot out of myself. And if I'm not, it's kind of hard to get myself there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy for me to be like, I don't really care that much about this. And like, don't know if this is where my energy is worth investing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've underappreciated that power for most of my climbing. And I think I'm like more tuned into it in the last year or two. And it's, yeah, it's making a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it works out really well because then you're always climbing. Like if you if you start to think of this as an important thing, you're always climbing on things that are super inspiring. Totally, so you're kind of always climbing on like a mega rig <laughs> on that's rad like really stuff. Cool, totally. Which makes like life just becomes really fun, or the life of rock climbing. Your life in rock climbing becomes really fun that way when you're like never climbing on. Like life's too short to climb straight routes, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's too many rock climbs out there for me to climb like two star hard projects. Like I'll climb like two star like 
with it all on site, you know, because that's like an experience. But like, if I'm gonna like invest time into something, it's not gonna be a bad rock climb. Like mm-hmm. that seems that seems like a bad use of this time. You know, there's so many good rock climbs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So, and then when you're doing that, like you're like, well, I am so excited to like try every time, and I want to do this route. And then you're super inspired, and yeah, you convince yourself there's a way to do it. You find a way to do it. Yeah, which is like. Yeah, pretty pretty neat. <laughs> How did it feel to send prayer for a friend? We never really wrapped that up. Oh yeah, shoot, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. we like God. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I get. I'm like, I'm pretty like, I get really psyched on things, and I just like keep going. Um, yeah. So prayer, I like. Uh, I went back the next day, sent the pitch with Will on my second try, which was my last feasible try, same as Cobra, um, and. Uh, it was like pretty surreal, actually. I uh, I knew like wrapping in that I had a really good shot, and then I um, I find a lot of times when I'm like red pointing routes that are really important to me, or that like where I end up climbing really well, I like feel it that I'm like going to send like really early in the route, and I like was like climbing the beginning like really really well and really relaxed, and I was like I know I have to do it right now, and uh, it was like you know kind of an hour never time to do it and because of weather or? it's really hard to well what because of weather or uh yeah i was leaving in a few days to go to the valley and i had work the next day and it just like we mm-hmm. were out of food it was i wasn't gonna go back up that season it was like october 6th mm-hmm. um and not so much like because of weather but like i was tired i wasn't like really probably gonna be able to try it again and it was gonna be in the sun if i tried it again yeah, I would have probably tried, but I, it would have been like probably not that productive. But yeah, it felt pretty like do it now type of thing, and um, yeah, and I just like there's a hard piece to place. The like one of the cruxes is placing this piece. You have to like sit on this lock and like hang and like throw this piece in and like clip it, and it's like kind of hard. And I'd I'd like grab that piece like multiple times, and it just like became really easy to commit to all the sequences. Like at no point did I feel like I was like, no point was I questioning if I was going to fall. I guess I was like just doing everything right. And I felt like I was going to fall, but I wasn't, I like knew I wasn't going to fall. Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I'm not falling. <laughs> and then, yeah, you do this, like uh it's a really, it has like some really rad sequences on it and it's really airy. So it makes them feel really cool. You like do this big surf out to this finger lock and then you like hike a foot really high. And then you cross into this lock. And as I crossed this lock, I like was kind of falling. And I like just told myself that I wasn't falling. And I just like pulled myself back into it <laughs> and got myself up. And like there's like this weird finicky ending sequence that I always seem to screw up and I didn't screw it up. And yeah, I placed I placed this piece that like means that I'm safe. And I like hung on this. There's a jug finger lock at the top. I like hung on this jug finger lock and clipped the piece and sat there for a while. Like still in kind of steep climbing, but like knowing I'd done it and like sat in this good finger lock and like stared down at Will and like took in like where I was and was like, wow, I'm like sending the mega rig right now. And then popped out and yeah, we went to the top and yeah. And it was like pretty surreal experience. I've had like, um, I've had a lot of like moments over the past few years where I was like, what's like, what's like the moment going to feel like where you've like, done it you've like done the thing whatever it is and i think that everyone can like come up with something they're like oh yeah i want to hit that jug on this mega project that i have in my mind or for some people it's like when i get that promotion at work or 
you know, or like when I buy that house or, you know, when I get married, maybe for someone, you know, and for me for the past few years, I, that was like the moment I'd been like dreaming of where I'm like, I will one day hang on that finger lock having sent the route. I didn't think I was going to do the first descent of it. I, I didn't not think I was going to, but I wasn't planning on doing the first descent of it. I was just like, one day I'll hang on that finger lock and be, have done the rock climb. And I found myself there with one of my best friends sharing the one of the most beautiful places with him and getting to hike down on great weather. And I got to go into work the next two days. And then two days later, I drove down to Yosemite with all my friends and got to climb. And going to Yosemite that season was like on the fence for a bit because of the government shutdown that was going to happen. So we were like not sure if we were going to be able to go. And we found out like the day, like a day before maybe. And I was just like, I had a lot of gratitude in my life at that time. And it felt very easy to like sink into that in that moment. I was like surrounded by friends at that point in my life. And like, yeah, it was like seeing a lot of success and feeling really good. And it was just so easy to be like, this is, this is like the pinnacle. This is amazing. <laughs> this is the best. Yeah. And then it's cool. Yeah. Then I went into Yosemite all fired up and excited. <laughs> So what, what's yeah. the next mega rig? You've kind of, it seems like you've oh, had... Uh, there's a list. <laughs> there's a list, yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like a few times in your climbing, you've like really put some things on a pedestal and then done them. And then I imagine it's the same feeling every time of like, well, shit, that's been my guiding light for the last two years. Now what? So I have, it's interesting. I have like, yeah, like freeing your cap was a guiding light. As soon as that one, but there's also been a bunch of other guiding lights in different ways. And I really like different types of climbing in a lot of different ways. Like I, there's even boulders I have as like my guiding light and bouldering, you know, but I like, I just don't boulder that much. So I haven't really pursued that, you know. Can I um, ask what it is? Kingslayer. Oh, sure. sick. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I like as a Washington, as a Washington climber, but like I, that's the one, you yeah, know. Yeah. That makes sense. And Forrest, Forrest just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Forrest, right? Yeah, Forrest Franklin. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Crusher. He just did that, and he did another V thirteen this year. He's on a rampage, but yeah. So, not because he did it, but because he did it, I'm also like more inspired to do it. Um, that's like at one day I would like to pull through that hard. That would be really cool. I think V thirteen um, for people listening, a classic one in Washington. Yeah, v, yeah, classic V thirteen. Put it by Ben Harrington, a bit ago. Um, yeah. Um that's not something that I've like put invested energy into. I will at some point invest energy into like the Washington bouldering, I think. Um, but it doesn't feel like the thing at the moment. It, it might be kind of soon though. I like feel that I'm like getting psyched on the idea of like trying to do hard moves and like being stronger and bouldering, but I'm still like pretty stuck in sport climbing. But there's like a lot of things in like in, you know, in my mind that I, I like probably don't really want to say because <laughs> I like want them to be um, like as a guiding light in the back of my mind that I'm maybe not like talking about super Hard. I really want to uh, do harder sport routes. Uh, I have never tried anything harder than Cobra. Okay. So I want to try harder routes and see what they feel like. I And that's the kind of been like my thing is I've always tried things that are way hard for me, found a way to do them. And so now I'm like, well, I haven't even tried. Like, uh, what does 9A feel like? Like, mm. I need to see what that feels like so I can like try it, you know? Or, or like know what's expected of me if I want to do one. Um. So, yeah. So like, yeah, harder sport routes. There's a few around Washington that are like pretty important to me. Like the the mega route at World Well, New World Order, is is important to me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Sick. And then, yeah, I just do it. Mm. I like is way up there. 
for sure. As like as someone that spent a lot of time at Smith and considers that one of my like main climbing areas. And then it's other El Cap stuff for the most part. Like I've got a lot of things that I want to do on El Cap. And I always seem to find myself going to Yosemite being like, I'm going to do three El Cap routes this season is somehow what I'm planning to do because I'm like going to do this route in a day and I'm going to do this route as a wall and I'm going to do this route as well. And then, you know, that doesn't happen because it doesn't work that way. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't do all these routes. Oh. So I have a lot that I have to do that I really want to do. Um, but um, there's a few that are pretty important, like the rubbernecker. That have you heard about that? That's the thing Nathan Hadley put up mm. in Washington Pass. I like went up there with him and helped him like do some cleaning. I belayed him when he sent it, and it's this five fourteen seven pitch route, uh, granite route, and it has like four pitches of five thirteen, a pitch of fourteen minus. Wow, it's Sick. mega! It's really good, and it's ama- It's like an amazing rock climb as well. It's on South Early Winter Spire and. That's like really high on my list of things to do. Um, the like the finger crack thing is like my my jam. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so I want to do like I'd like to go try Crack a Destiny and like Stranger Than Fiction, but like we'll see what like what time allows me to do. I don't really know when I'll be in Moab next, so I don't know when I try that. But yeah, there's like things that I want to travel for. I really want to go try to do some harder things and like france and spain and yeah i would love to go try like some of the stuff in norway those things look crazy like mm-hmm. the like recovery drink and the that that wall that people yeah. been putting a bunch of work into that looks amazing but yeah i mean nothing like super nothing that i'm like i'm doing this right now i'm going to australia and i like want to do punks in the gym i put some time oh, into sick. that yeah that's like an important rock climb to do it's got the street cred <laughs> 14a first 14a in the world uh-huh really good really good rock climb Oh, you've, you've tried it. Cool. Uh, I have tried it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried it a bit last year and I just kind of like, there's like a really powerful move on it and I'm not that powerful. I am more powerful now than I was, but at the time I was really not very powerful and I just like couldn't catch this hold. Um, yeah. And then while well, be in Australia and I really want to try to like climb into the groove train, that looks mm. like the coolest route ever. Yeah. But um, yeah. That's I'll, a bucket list I'll one cap. for me. Yeah, have you, you've seen that video, right? Of uh, Ben Cossey. I don't know the, if like, I've seen Ben Cossey. I've seen a couple videos of Groove Train. The the like classic. Anyone that's listening needs to watch this video. It's the best climbing video ever. I'll it is it of Ben Cossey on the Groove Train. It's probably just called it's called Groove Train Thirty Three. Okay, um, which is what it gets in Australia. Which we could talk about Australian grades in a second if we wanted to. But <laughs> that's like the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're just hard. They're physical and they feel hard for the grade is my experience. I went there and got my ass kicked. That's pretty much all. Um, <laughs> there we talked yeah, about that, it. There we, there we talked about it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but the, that route's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff, but I think that my like main, I want to climb more stuff, like hard stuff in the mountains. I think mm. it's like, like uh, I was really, really heartbroken when the Tom Egan fell down. Actually, that was like very much a, like, that was a guiding light for quite a while. That was the reason I tried like City Park and like was ma- one of the many finger crack things I've seen. Me and Sam have watched that film together tens of times. Mm-hmm. We will quote it when we're hanging out together all the time. Uh, it's like was, yeah, that was a route that we were both really excited about. But there's other things like it. It's just we'll have to go find them, I guess. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Going and climbing big walls and like more like remote areas, getting more into that like type of more adventure expedition style wall climbing that's like not just hard, but like logistically difficult is like really appealing. But yeah, I also want to see how hard I can sport climb. I feel like I'm really, I feel like I'm naturally really good at sport climbing. And I like think that I could, I think I could see that I could push that pretty far if I wanted to. Um, not like super, super far, but like, I think I climb pretty hard sports. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I like love the, I love the hard, like bad rests and the endurance and the long fight. And I generally find that if I can do a sequence, I can do it pumped. Like if I can do it at all, I can do it at the end mm. of a route. Um, even if I like barely am able to do it. Yeah. That's sick. Depends on the sequence. The Batman type boulder sequence, maybe not so much, but yeah, like certain things I could probably do be pumped. So that's like something that I want to do. Nice. More of I just want to explore new areas, I think, as well. Like I've done the Washington, Smith Rock, Yosemite circuit a bunch. And like down to Joshua Tree in Vegas, you know, but like that's kind of like been my circuit. And I like want to kind of go a little bit more east. I want to go to other countries. I want to see what that's like, but yeah. But it's I also want to like, focus around Washington. There's a whole wide world. Yeah. <laughs> a whole wide world. Yeah. But Washington climbing as well. It's like the, I love it here. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I really like love it. I love the, uh, I like the the people here and I want to just like do roots at index and other, other things. And I'm like really inspired by all the stuff that Nathan's actually been talking about where he talked about like the idea of putting up an Alpine trilogy. Yeah. Nathan Hadley. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nathan Hadley. Yeah. Um, and like the roots that he's been putting up are like mega and super cool. And like, that's really inspiring to me. And I want to do those roots and I'd be psyched to like put some effort into finding some stuff myself, but yeah, stuff like that. Kind of. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, yeah, dude. You're full of psych. You're young and full of psych. And I'm excited to yeah. see what happens next, man. You're on a rampage. Yeah, lots of psych. Yeah. I'm like, Keep I'm pretty going. full of psych at the moment too. Cause I've just been like kind of cooped up in uh-huh. Seattle and uh-huh. like weathering the the winter and like climbing in the gym a ton. And I'm like, I kind of feel like I've like been disconnected from like the climbing world, like a little bit. Cause if I'm like too connected to it, like on my phone or whatever, I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing the things that I want to be doing. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm working, I'm working and I'm training. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm doing. But now, so like, and I'm sitting talking about all these things again. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah, they're all so sick. So you're getting like a lot of psych right now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gushing. <laughs> it's okay. There's a fine line when you're, yeah. yeah, it's interesting when you're like unable to climb cause you're working or cause you're recovering from an injury or whatever. There's a fine line between drawing inspiration from the internet and just feeling like really fucking bummed because of the internet, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. it's not so much that it's like super fucking bummed. It, no, maybe it is. It's like, it's also just like, I think that actually Instagram is like a really, Instagram and social media makes it really, really hard to like think about what you want in climbing for me. Because I see so many people doing so many things and I want to do everything. Mm-hmm. And when I see something, and I've saw something more recently. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that thing. Cause I just saw this video of someone doing it. And like, it seems cool. But like, if I like am totally separate from like the internet and I like can just think about what I want to do, I like have a better picture of like what I'm inspired by, not just like what's in front of me. And I think that if you like just kind of are super tuned into Instagram all the time, you find yourself wanting to do everything. There's so many things that you're going to want to do and you'll just feel over for me. I'll just feel overwhelmed and kind of be like, I can't do it all. Don't know what I want to do. I just wish I was better so I could do it all. And like, I find that sometimes that's like 
it's fine to be motivated like that, but it can sometimes also be unhealthy with like this, like just desire for more when like what I have is so amazing. And like, I could be like just a little more grateful for the opportunities to like climb on the things that I get to climb on. And so I find that like, as much as I can disconnect from Instagram, which I'm not amazing at, um, I find myself to just generally be like a bit happier regardless. Maybe not like, I'm maybe not like as like psyched and driven and motivated in quite the same way that I am. If I'm like really inspired by a million things, but I'm probably happier. I'm probably like a lot more. I enjoy my day-to-day life a lot more. And like, I've been less connected to the internet since I've been, not the internet, but like Instagram and like what's happening in climbing at the moment. Um, Since I've been back, I'm like not disconnected, but I'm not like super connected to it. And I just like, I don't feel like I'm missing out right now. I like don't, I'm not really that worried about like the fact that some people are doing stuff and I'm not doing stuff. And sometimes I do feel that way. Um, And I just like, yeah, I just think it's like better for me to be like, appreciate what I'm doing. And like, I'm psyched and inspired enough to do what I want to do. I don't need Instagram to get me excited and inspired. Like I have enough mm-hmm. of that on my own that like I can like appreciate my day-to-day life, even if it doesn't involve super mega hard rock climbing that everyone thinks is super sick all the time. I can just like appreciate like going to work and like training in the gym and like like that's fun. Like work is like I enjoy my job. I get to talk to people about climbing gear and I get to like work with coworkers that I enjoy. And like that's like a totally satisfying thing to like have in life. And in the past, I've like had not been able to appreciate that because I'm like, well, it's not my, it's not hard rock climbing, so I don't care. And like being able to like take a step back a little bit is like pretty pretty cool, I think, for me. And I think for a lot of people, a lot of people fall into that. It seems. Yeah, I would guess. I I, I think that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I resonate with what you're talking about. I mean, I th- I think it's so easy to get derailed by FOMO and and by seeing all these. I'm the same yeah. way. I don't struggle to find motivation. I say yes to too many things. I get spread too thin. <laughs> yeah. I want to do everything. Yeah. And yeah, like it's a it's an incredibly valuable life, literally life changing realization to realize like, oh, there's a difference between what I actually want to do and what I feel as though I should want to do. Like those are two very different things. And I've spent a lot of my adult life mixing those two things up and and spending time doing things because I feel as though I should be psyched on them or I feel as though it should be what I I want. But really, if I take a step back and think about it, like where, where do I feel pulled? Like what is like exciting to me? And and when you start paying attention to that and actually doing those things, it's like you said before, it's like then life's awesome because you're only doing the things that are really, really exciting to you. Yeah. And you're having a great time. Exactly. And there's enough of that. Like, at least for me, there's an, there's more than enough yeah. really cool, exciting things that I could be doing really exciting things until the day I die and not run out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously things will change with like what I want. But, you know, like, and so I, it's not that it's like a waste, but it's like, I don't like... I try really, I try not to like be too affected by like what I think I should do because I want to do what I want to do. And, um, what I want to do tends to be like pretty sick. Like, I don't really, I'm not really that inspired by stuff. It's like lame in general, <laughs> but like, yeah. but like a lot of the stuff that I'm really inspired by isn't like the sickest thing ever. Like everyone's going to think it's so cool and it's going to be like the biggest Instagram hit and you're going to get millions of followers, you know, like I, a lot of the things that I think are really sick, like don't like, don't even get like 
hard grades or whatever, or like don't like maybe aren't like that flashy or cool. Some of them are. Some of them are like, you know, doing El Caprits in a day. That's like people think that's cool, you know. But like mm-hmm. for the most part, it's like they're the things that I want to do for myself that I've been inspired by in climbing from like the experiences that I've had. And they're cool to me because of like my path as a climber, but I don't expect everyone else to think that they're super cool because not everyone else has done the same things in climbing that I have or had the same experiences or are going to have the same appreciation for like the things that I appreciate. Yeah. And which is one of the reasons why like I, I'm sure like if you did your like looking through all of like the my like posts and stuff on Instagram, there's not like it's not like super often that I'm updating it. I'm not like telling a ton of stories. I try to like tell a story of like the experience that I had when things seem like relevant. But I find it hard to try to make things relevant to everybody or like to on a massive scale because for the most part, they like maybe aren't. And like, I don't want to like degrade the experiences I have by trying to make them relevant to other people when like they weren't supposed to be relevant to other people. They were for me and my partner to share. Mm-hmm. And like, which is kind of selfish. And like a lot of the times, like I do want to share them and I'll share them with like my close friends and the people that'll kind of get it. But like, I'm sure that you experienced this like, with with and like bouldering or even like other like climbing or just things in life like the experience that you have you can't convey super well to someone else that didn't experience it they'll be like oh yeah that's cool man like i'm glad that you like felt good as you stuck that move but to you you're like no it like means so much that i stuck this move like that means that (laughs) all these like other things will work or like i was trying so hard for that but you can't like you can't get other people to get it or why Mm -hmm. it's so sick and so i i don't like try i try not to like yeah, I guess the word I'm using is degrade those experiences by trying to make other people get it and getting disappointed when other people don't. I just like try to let them be what they are for myself. Mm-hmm. And I share things that seem like worth sharing, which is probably why if you like look through my Instagram, you didn't see like constant updates about like all the many, many things that I do and try and fail on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's kind of like how I think about that, I guess. Like, Yeah. I don't remember where that started. Where it was. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I relate to I relate to everything you're saying. Yeah, it's hard to convey, especially on Instagram. It's hard to convey the meaning behind things, and um, yeah, and it's. And I'm it, sure you. Or uh, sorry, I was just gonna say, I'm sure you as like a podcaster that's like has this massive platform, like you have so many different like listeners and viewers that probably come from really different backgrounds that are either going to really get it or really won't get it. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's something you really struggle with. Well, I was thinking about that when you were saying, you know, I had this specific experience and it doesn't, I don't know how to convey it to everyone and I don't need to. Uh, immediately I thought of the, the podcast instead of thinking about my own climbing because mm. yeah, that's something that you just kind of realize. Like I realized a long time, I realized like from the beginning, um, thankfully I had a good mentor who told me this, but like not every episode should be for every person, you know, that's like Mm -hmm. such a basic thing. But once you, once you kind of like deeply know that and embrace that, it changes everything. And, um, it allows you to just focus on like, okay, what's interesting to me about Adrian and what should we talk about? Because that's the best thing to talk to you about. It wouldn't make sense to talk to you about things that, you know, a, a wider breadth of people might relate to, Cause that's not you, that's totally, not your yeah. story. And, and like if 10% of the people listening are psyched to hear about El Cap and are psyched to hear about doing hard trad in the mountains, then that's yeah. a huge win. That's amazing. And I can like provide different types of people with their favorite episodes over the course of 200 episodes. It doesn't need to be 
for everybody all the time. It's really freeing to realize that, but I still do struggle with it. Like I've, you know, sometimes I'm a people pleaser and I like want to, yeah, you you know, I want to give everyone what Mm -hmm. they want all the Mm -hmm. time, but you just can't. And it's just so much better when you just embrace that and lean into that and kind of double down. That makes a lot of sense as a, as a podcaster that that's like something that you're like thinking about a lot more as well, because you're like, it, it is for it, like your podcast is for other people. It's not just for you. Um, so like, you know, for me, it's really easy. Cause I can just be like, I don't like my rock climbs aren't, don't have to be for anyone else. They're for me. And like, I don't have to worry about like making them for other people. So it's like probably easier for me to divide that. But for you, I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure you really understand what I'm saying. Cause it's like, you do have to like walk that line where you're like figuring out how to make everything important for each person. And yeah, like, or not, yeah. not of each person, like important for each person you're interviewing. Not right. Like right. Each right. Person that's listening. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like just getting the information from each person that like everybody, every single listener wants to hear. Cause that doesn't really exist probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like the, the irony is like, if I, pay attention to my own curiosity and lean into that rather than Mm -hmm. like, I think a mistake is to ask yourself, like, what do people want to hear? What do people want me to ask this person about? It's like, well, no, Mm. what am I genuinely curious about? Because that's going to lead to the best conversation. And yeah, it's not always going to be for everyone listening and that's okay. Like sometimes I'm really curious about training and I geek out and I want to know all the gritty details and like, you know, totally. I don't know, 20% of my audience is like, yes, this is a training episode. I'm going to learn how to be rad. Yes. And then sometimes I just like want to hear someone's life story and hear what's yeah. been hard about it and what they've learned from it and dig into that. And that's what's interesting to me about that person. And that's going to hit a different type of listener. And and that's fine. You know, all of it makes up the the show. It's like the, the collective. And, yeah. I get this funny yeah. feedback sometimes. I don't <laughs> I don't really want to harp on trolling because I don't want to give trolls my energy. But I, I just, I'm always fascinated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the psychology of trolling. And I get this feedback sometimes, which is like, you know, it's like you put out this one episode that I didn't like. I wish you would do more of all these other episodes that I like. And it's like, man, I put out over 200 episodes. Yeah, it's okay to not me. like one exactly. of them. Like they're not all yeah. for exactly okay. you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, just skip uh, it. Yeah. Just skip this one. Just skip it. Yeah, just don't listen to it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. There's other to ones me. to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Just go listen to that other one again. I'm sure you didn't pick up everything that yeah, you yeah. picked up from that one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or you climbing V14 or whatever, you know. Yeah. But um yeah. I think that yeah. I, the more time that I spend on Instagram, the less I'm interested in trying to like that I, that I like care about like making things relevant on a large scale because I just see like for instance like uh like uh this this reel just went like really viral of Amity um doing like a stem corner in Yosemite and like mm-hmm. if you look at all the comments like it's like a bunch of people that know nothing about climbing that mm-hmm. like have like a lot to say about it and I'm just like you none of you understand what you're talking about but you're gonna have an opinion about it <laughs> and it's just like the idea of trying to like make all those people happy Oh yeah, it seems, it seems like impossible. It's totally. so not worth like, not worth the energy. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. to me, I don't totally. Know. Maybe just to other people. Yeah, but and then yeah, because like your podcast is like, especially for people like me and many other people, like the when you're talking to people about like the things that they really care about, like I'm sure that you have your trolls on Instagram that are like, this isn't exactly what I want, but like to most of us, we're like, this is amazing. Like we're getting to be a fly on the wall for these 
this person's an amazing interviewer with like an amazing background in climbing and talking to like some expert or some person that like has like a lot to say. And then there's this amazing story that comes out of it or like amazing information that comes out of it. And like some people have ridiculous opinions and it's like, oh, whatever, you just can't make everybody happy. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that, man. And yeah, you, you can't yeah. make everyone happy. And that's actually, it's actually a good thing. Like I finally yeah. like really well, integrated that and I'm like, ah, all right, let's start. Let's start doing shit that matters. Let's stop worrying about those people. It feels yeah. good. It's freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should wrap you up. I've like got. You... Yeah, totally. What are we gonna ask? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was. I was gonna ask if you like <laughs> noticed that with your climbing at all. Do you like? Do you find that you uh, are able to like? Like, because your climbing is also now like a, a pretty public thing. Do you find that like sometimes you want to try routes that like are going to be interesting to like most of your viewers? Or do you do you feel like you're able to like separate your climbing from like the podcast? Yeah, it feels it feels separate now, but that has been a struggle for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know no one cares, but like early on in the podcast, I talked about just do it as a dream route, you know? And now I'm at a point where totally. I'm like, I don't even know if I'll ever circle back to that. Like I've kind of moved away totally. from yeah, Smith yeah, yeah. and I'm kind of finding stronger inspiration in Waco and in, you know, the steep limestone caves in St. George and things like that. And I'm, I'm just kind of like psyched to double down on that and see where it takes me. And it's opening up brand new things that weren't even on my radar when I talked about just do it, you know? Um, and then similarly, like, um, you know, I've, I've publicly shared some journeys. Like I shared the journey of trying, uh, Joe exotic in, um, in the Utah Hills mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, it's 14 a or B and, um, it would be my hardest route for sure. Didn't do it, mm-hmm. made a lot of progress. So there's like this little voice in my head that's like, Oh, that's unfinished business. And you need to go wrap that up. But you know, more of that for me, at least right now at this current stage is, oh, people are probably wondering if I've gone back and done that, I should go back and do that. But actually, Mm, if I kind of zoom out, I'm like, no, I'm really psyched on bouldering still. I really want to climb V12. I want to solidify V10, V11, and eventually V12. I want to do V13. I, I like really feel more excited about bouldering goals right now. I just moved back to Leavenworth. Um... I'm fired up on that. Like if I really think about what I feel pulled towards, that's what it is for now. And it'll, it'll probably change yeah. and I'll probably be psyched on sport climbing again. But, but yeah, it's, it does take like a conscious kind of concerted effort to zoom out, get that broader perspective and, and kind of like reground myself and, and ask myself, what do I really want to do? Like even, yeah, in, even in Waco, exactly. do I want to go try to tick this V10 that I've heard is soft or do I want to keep trying full service because it's fucking badass and I'm actually psyched, you know, like, so. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That holder looks rad. It's really cool. Like, it's watched, really cool. Yeah, I watched your videos. It's really hard. Was, and it's sick. Yeah. It looks really cool. It's that feeling yeah. of like, you know, I, I haven't done it yet, but like I'm climbing well on it. I've had a couple days on it and it's, you know, bit, making big links and stuff. And it's just like, oh, I'm feeling strong on this thing that I've always had this like aura and kind of intimidation around and that has this legacy and like, mm-hmm. that just feels cool. I'm getting a lot of uh, momentum from that kind of sensation this this season on a, on a number of different yeah. things. I've been trying DAF in a C and that's going well. And I've always thought of that as like, 
oh, that one, sh- that one will probably be really hard for me because it's kind of board style and that's always been something I struggle with. And now I'm climbing right. well on it and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. This feels, I feel cool, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, then I, yeah, follow that, you know? Like, it, it kind of goes yeah, back to what we're saying of like the, if you're like inspired or you're doing the thing that you want to do, you're always doing something that's awesome, then you're going to get more out of yourself. And then you'll go back to like Joe Exotic and when you're psyched on it, or you won't ever go back to it. But if you do go back to it and you're psyched on it, you'll like be a stronger and better rock climber because you like spent all your time being inspired, being like working on becoming a better rock climber. Totally. Whereas I find it really hard to like grow as a climber when I'm trying to do things to do the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy to grow as a rock climber when the goal is demanding more than I can do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you like find a way to like meet the route where it is versus like, it's a lot harder to grow to meet a root where it is when you're not that inspired by it. You want it to be something that you can just do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even if it is something you can just do and you don't have to grow, but you just have to try it enough times. And like that feels like it's cool to do that. It, it is important to like send things and see success. But I think it's, yeah, I like really enjoy the like growing to become better to do the rock climb. Yeah. And I think that's where people tend to get a lot of their most, the most of their growth. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think I've gotten better at noticing when that shift happens. Cause I, you know, hearing you say that I agree. And I think a lot of my stagnations, you know, plateaus, periods of climbing where I'm not improving have come from like something like I was inspired, but then something shifts and I'm now just beating my head. I, like I'm close. Mm-hmm. I think I can do it. I just want it to be done. You know, <laughs> like that's where my energy's yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah. just want this to be done. So I'm going back to it over and over. I'm beating my head. I'm not trying anything new. I'm like pushing all my training to the side in the name of like, you know, being fresh as possible for for performance. And you just reach a point in that where you're like, yeah, you're not growing anymore. You're just like, trying to squeak yeah. something out to scratch it mm-hmm. off the list to be done with it and yeah it doesn't feel good yeah no it doesn't fe- yeah it doesn't feel good you're probably not growing you don't go to the crag excited yeah you know and i don't know there's I, and even if you do the thing from that kind of place you're like oh thank god you know fine thank god like. i did it yeah thank god i did it and, or like sometimes you like find a way to like really appreciate it as you do it or sometimes yeah. you don't do it until you really appreciate it enough. it's like <laughs> something that i find happens to me right but but yeah, like I, I think that something that I, it's kind of good and bad. I think like I'm really good at walking away in that situation. That's like cool. I am really good at being like, I'm kind of over it. And like, I don't, I'm not having fun continuing to try this route. Um, if I feel like it's because I'm like not investing energy that I could invest and make it fun, then I'll like, won't walk away or whatever. But if I'm like, Oh, I'm investing energy into this and I'm getting the, I've gotten the experience that I want. Maybe I've like, hung like fell really high or like one hung and like it felt like I did it you know and I got the experience of like climbing well on the route and I like have like kind of enough that I'm like I got like a bit of the experience that I want out of this and I'm not I'm now I'm not having fun and it was really fun I'm like really good at being like I don't want to I will walk away and I will Mm -hmm. come back to this and it will be really fun again at some point but right now it's not Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's like a double-edged sword it's like really good because I don't actually do too much that I don't like but at the same time like it means my tick list is like quite a bit smaller than it could be, mm. which, you know, where you weigh those things depends. And sometimes I wish that I sent more rock climbs because it's nice to look back and be like, I did these things. I saw them through. And then some, and like, it was hard and I saw it through and like, there's a lot of value in that. And I have done that, but um, it, I, there's also like the, yeah, I only climbed on things that were felt like I, they were helping me grow. And like, 
to me, that feels like I've grown the most by doing things that way. And I feel like it's a lot of the reason why I've seen the progression that I've seen, which is like pretty exponential, pretty fast, like pretty yeah, steady yeah, as well. Been. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, that's like a large part of it, but it doesn't come with like this tick list that backs it up. Like, I think when I sent like Cobra and when I sent prayer, people who didn't know me, or even if they like looked at like my 8A or whatever, they're probably like, how did this person do these rock climbs you know like but it's like they probably have they didn't see the fact that i've like one hung like tens of 514s you know like mm-hmm. and gotten like close and then kind of like walked away or whatever or like walked away from like a lot of like close experiences not that i do it all the time but like I, I, like i have you know i think that's cool i'm actually kind of yeah i think i've been shifting more and more in that in that direction um yeah. over the last couple of years because i spent so long so many years just building and building and building and and like always um you know it's like i would do every single 13b at the crag before trying the 13d and it's it's oh. like damn i don't know why i did that i kind of wish i you know i if i could go back i would like scratch some of those 13b's off the tick list just to have like tried the hard cool thing more um and I, i'm definitely like i think it hit me like Oh, life is short. You know, I'm already 34 and life is passing really quickly. So if I want to do these rad things, I should probably spend all of my time trying them and stop faffing about on like the, the easier things totally. that don't feel as the meaningful. Things, yeah. So, I th- yeah. I think with some easier stuff, I've just like, I've done, like I've climbed 13 minus a lot of times and like, I haven't climbed it like as many times as a lot of people that I know, but it's because like, I don't go to a crag and think like, oh, I can't wait to do this. It's like 13 B mm-hmm. like they're cool. Like a lot of them are cool. Some of it, sometimes I am stoked on that, but like just because it's like this difficulty that doesn't inspire me, but if it's like the root, it will inspire me and I'll do it. But yeah, for the most part, like climbing another 13 minus is like climbing another 13 minus. Like I, I just know I can do it. So it doesn't feel like it's much of a challenge. And if there's something about it that is challenging, like if it's my anti-style, like that is different and I will approach it differently. Right. Um, or if it's like notoriously sandbagged or, or it's just really good then that's different. But like to do it, to do it just because I can is not something that I've like really found myself doing a lot of. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It sounds like you're not stuck on like there's, there's this one thing that I'm, that I've been stuck on for a lot of my climbing. It sounds like you don't have this problem, but I remember I was, I was talking to Mike Kersner a couple years ago in the hurricane mm. and uh, he was trying some 14 B um, a classic one. And he was just kind of reflecting that like a lesson that he had learned is like, He's like, yeah, I made this shift. Like now I go to a new crag and if there's a really hard thing that I want to do, I just go, I just immediately start trying it. I don't like, I don't like have to work my way up to it anymore, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, I've done so much of that. Like even thinking about Little Psy and talking about Porn Star, like that's, if I go back to Little Psy or when I do, I want to do Porn Star. 13D looks amazing. I always hear it's amazing. It opens up these like 14A options um, and even harder options. It looks sick. But there's this little voice in my head that's like, well, you have to do black eyes first and then you have to do uh, flatliner first and you have to do illness first. And I'm like, stop. Like, why? You don't have to check every single box up to the hard yep. thing. Yep. Just go get on it. Just try the hard thing. Just skip all that other yeah. shit. Yeah, that's been a powerful shift for me. It is. It is like, it is a pretty powerful shift. I think that there's like, you know, there's like, two extremes on this i'm probably like towards one end that like i probably could do more of the like building up to things but i like i don't ever go to a crag and like i went to smith this year and i like warmed up and i like got onto bull i didn't like <laughs> climb on anything in between i just yeah. like warmed up climbed onto bull yeah. i didn't like try to repeat any of the 13s that i've done that i probably could do and mm-hmm. just like 
have be like not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't care. I don't want. I I want to do this. This is what I'm gonna do. All my energy is going here. And like, yeah, there's probably like a balance there that would strike that would be good. But uh, yeah, I I like encourage. I often I'm very well known for encouraging people to try things that are harder than they think they can do. And I think that a lot of my friends would like say that I'm like an instigator for people trying things that are really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And they tend to see a lot of like enjoyment and progress and progression out of it. Um, and like, yeah, that's something that I, I really like being like that voice of like, try <laughs> you can do it. Like I believe that's in, awesome. you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. That's kind of, I had, I had like one or two, like little, I had like one story that I kind of wanted to tell if there was, if there was time, I don't know what your schedule looks like. If you had anything else that you wanted. Yeah. I've, I've got time. I've just got like half okay, a dozen, cool. uh, listener questions for you. They're mostly from your friends. I was going to wrap this up and, um, and then we can go into, uh, listener questions and do like a patron extra. Um, cool. but yeah, you yeah, should, yeah. you should tell your story. I've got time. Oh, okay. Well, I guess like, um, yeah, those are the lulls. So I was like, Oh, I think I like, do want to talk about like uh i do want to talk about like my El Capitan day experience because it was like n- like novel and ridiculous actually um a bit ago like last fall uh not this fall the fall before that so fall of 2022 i like went to the valley after having done i had a really good season in washington again i always kind of leave washington really strong from climbing at world Bowl. i did my first 14b did a bunch of five i did my first 514 and then i did a bunch of other 514s and then i did a 14b um yeah, it was a pretty pretty great little season. And then I did City Park and such, and then came to um, Yosemite, fired up the same as I do every October. And um, uh, was like, I'm going to do the free rider in a day. I'm going to try to do a core zone in a day with Sam. And then I'm also going to go up like El Nino with Will. And two of those things didn't end up, we didn't, I like, didn't try El Nino with Will because he cut his finger off and did this whole thing. Not off, but like he cut, he cut Will Sharp. He like cut like a large part of his like finger, uh, like pad off. And so we couldn't crimp. So I chose to do the free rider in a day is like my first thing when I got there. And uh, because I wanted to do Ocorazone in a day as well, and I kind of knew I probably could do the free rider in a day, I like came in with this interesting mindset of not being like, this is the goal. I was like, this is like training. Mm. So I like made it harder for myself. I was like, I'm going to see if I can climb. I've never climbed through the night, so I'm going to see if I can climb through the night because that could be a cool tactic to employ in the future. Like, if I could just climb through the night, I don't have to worry about if it's cold or warm. <laughs> so I, like, I hadn't rehearsed it that season. I'd rehearsed it a good amount in the past, but I, like, had done the free blast and I'd, like, gone up through the monster that season. And that was it. I, did, I hadn't been on the boulder or, like, the upper part. I hadn't been on the enduros in over two years. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. It'll be fine. I'll start at noon and then I'll, like, do the rock climb. And, uh, yeah, so I started at, started at noon, did like the free blast in the sun, had to wait behind party. I wanted to start at noon, so I didn't have to wait behind parties on the free blast. Ended up having to wait behind parties on the free blast <laughs> quite a bit, actually, because turns out that people like take all day on the free blast, which makes sense. I took all day on the free blast like most of the first few times I did it, but I like kind of forgot that that's like how that goes. Um, got kind of stymied there, felt pretty tired, and was like, dang, I'm not having a great day, but I'm just going to keep going. And then I... Uh, did like the hollow flake. It took way more energy. And then I ran into Honald as he was rapping. And uh, he like was rapping. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing like the free rider in a day. And he's like, you're doing the free rider in a day right now. 
And it's like three, 3 p.m. And we're like, done none of the hard climbing and not that far up the route. And he's like, and I'm like, well, no, I like started at like, I started at noon. I'm not actually like taking forever. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, like seemed very like this guy does not know what he's doing, you know? Like, Classic Arnold. Like, he's yeah. like, you're totally blowing it. Yeah, you're totally blowing it. Yeah. It was funny. He like, he said something about people that were up high. He's like, oh yeah, people are up there. They're getting their ass kicked. As you do, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, which was, which was, which was novel, novel Honold experience on El Cap as it as it goes. Um, anyways, keep going. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I like skipped something. Uh, as I was doing like this, there's a down climb to get to heart. As I was doing the down climb to heart, there was a bunch of wind, and I lost all of my chalk, my chalk bag. Oh shit! Like almost all of it. So I saved the very little that I had at the at the like the bottom for the boulder, um, and I just did the rest of it with like no chalk. And I have really sweaty hands, so Damn. it made some of it really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, the monster was interesting. Like you grab these like little slippery crimps um, to like use to scoot yourself up. You don't have to, but it makes it easier. And I had like my hand fire off of like three of them, and I was like, oh my god, this is like. Just going kind of epic. This is like not the smooth sailing that you want on your elk cap in a day attempt. And then, uh, yeah, I climbed up to the boulder and I was like, dang, I am wrecked. I don't think this is going to go that well. I haven't been on this in a long time. And uh, I hadn't done the free rider previously because I actually, when I tried it with Sam, I couldn't do the karate kick in the boulder. If For for those people that know the boulder, that you do the karate kick over to the, the wall. I like couldn't do it consistently. Then I came back and found that I can like build my feet and do this like the dyno beta. And uh, it's way easier for me. And I found that out, but I hadn't remembered exactly how I do it. And so I like climbed into it in the, it's like dark at this point. I'm doing it by headlamp and I can see the feet as well. And I like sit there for a second being like, what am I? Shit. I'm like about to like blow it, even though I climbed to totally fine. And I like find the feet and I do the jump and I just like stick it. And you stick the dyno, you like go like pretty horizontal. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like a superhero right now. I'm just like climbing up happen day. Like, and I did to the boulder, I'm sending. And then I like climb up to the block and there's some people sleeping on the block and I try to be quiet. And uh everybody comes up and then from there I'm like, I'm sending. Like this is going amazing. Totally like like recency bias of sending the pitch, totally forgetting that I actually feel quite bad and <laughs> it's not actually going that well. And I also don't have chalk. Um and I like move on to the Sula Trois pitch and I'm like, oh wait, actually I don't feel that great. And I'm really tired. And it's like 2 a.m. at this point. Um and then I go over to the Enduros. I like epic on the first one, but I send it, but like power scream and probably wake up all the people that are sleeping on the <laughs> And that's that's an eleven C pitch. Like that's like an eleven C Enduro hands, but it's not that bad. And then uh I like sit at the belay for like the enduro and I'm like, okay, I can like the upper enduro, which is like the, the, the hard one. Um, and I'm like, okay, I think I can like, I think I can like do this. It's only 12 minus. I can climb 12 minus regardless of how tired I am. And I like start it. I get like a third, like maybe like maybe a third of the way up the pitch. And I like can't place or clip anything. There's like a fixed like nut thing or like fix hex it's like kind of weird that i like clip and because it's already placed but i couldn't i didn't have the energy to place and i'm just like power screaming as hard as i can the hardest i've ever tried and screamed and i have no chalk i'm sliding off this thing and i just like i fall like out of exhaustion and i'm like oh well i think i'm fucked (laughs) because 
I just tried harder than I think I've ever tried, and I got a third of the way up the pitch. And I have more legs coming after me. And uh, yeah, I like kind of sat there and was like trying to figure out like how I could like get some psych or energy. And I remember sitting up looking at it, being like, I just tried so hard, and I like have to find a way to do this pitch. And I remember Sam saying that he, when he did it, he had to tell himself that he he owed it to himself to not be scared at the top because there's a kind of a run out there. And I sat there and I was thinking about it and I was thinking about like Sam being up there. And I was like, I think I, I owe it to myself to find a way to do this pitch because I've put in a lot of work to get here. And I've like put in a lot of work to try to do this fruit in a day. And like, I'm here now. And like, I've been tired. I've been like, this has been hard and I'm having a hard time doing this. And I like, owe it to myself to like see this through. And I like, kind of like with that mindset, like found a way to get through the bottom crux. And then I, you get to a finger lock, which I think for most people isn't a rest, but I got this finger lock and I was like, thank God. And I like rested on the finger lock for a while and found found my way to the top of the pitch and clipped into the anchor and I fell asleep instantly. <laughs> and then the next pitch, the next pitch is a, next pitch is a traverse. It's like a 12A traverse. It's not that bad. You do like this roll through move that's like kind of hard. And then for that most part, you're like on like slopey, but jugs with like, okay feet it's kind of on your arms though and then you just like go around this corner and uh i like go around this i like wake up get psyched go around this corner do the hard move like kind of no problem and then i'm like sick i'm sending and i, I just like i'm hanging on my arms and i'm like around a corner not clipped into anything and there's like this piece of rope tat here and i realize that i am falling there's nothing i can do to not have my hands just open <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to take this rope around the corner. And I reach to grab this rope, like this like tat, and I like grab it and my hand opens because I cannot hold it because I'm so pumped. <laughs> and I just whip around this corner. And that happens three times. That's <laughs> the rope three times and I can't do it. And I'm like, shit. Every single time I get back to the blade, I like fall asleep in my harness. You're like sitting there being you're like, like falling, jugging back up, falling asleep climbing again trying to grab the rope falling like that the whole yeah. thing happens three and, times well and so what <laughs> happens is i'm not um like actually by the third time i'm not trying to send the pitch i'm trying to get to the anchor so we can get to the top because we didn't bring a tagline so we couldn't wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so so i was like i wasn't trying to send i was like i need to get out of, we need to get out of here you know uh -huh. like we need to find a way to like get to the top of the mountain and not sit this hanging belay as our bivy for the night yeah um and i'm so tired i'm like thinking of like can we wrap back to the ledge right there and like take a nap or something? Like what, what can we do right now? And my buddy's like, I'm just going to give you a forearm massage. You're going to try again and you're just going to, you're just going to do it. And then I, I climb through, I don't grab the rope. I clip a draw to it and then I climb through and then I grab another piece and then I like climb to the end and I'm like, shit, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> I like think I can just do it actually. And then I, he like, I got over there and I was like, actually, I'm just going to come back. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to try to do it. And he's like, okay, cool. All right, sick. And he was like supportive. And then I came back, fell asleep. He woke me up. And then I sent the pitch. <laughs> and I was sick. <laughs> and then uh, the next pitch is like 11D, like steep hands. And I took a nap at that like ledge and drank some like coffee or something. And then, uh, yeah, climbed the next pitch. It was hard. I tried really hard. And then there's the Scotty Burke off with at the top of the route. Mm -hmm. The Scotty Burke off with is what foiled Sam the first time we tried to do the free rider from the ground. It is like this overhang. I I had figured out this season that I can like stem through it, like kind of lie back stem. If I had chalk. 
Okay. And had energy. Mm-hmm. I get up there. I like pull into the, it's like you do some steep climbing to get there and you do this like lie back, like a uh, slopey sequence on like the, yeah, you like lie back and try to stem. And I just could not pull myself into the lie back without my hands sliding off entirely or get, get my feet high. And so I whip out of it like four or five times. And I'm like, this is not, not going to work. I think I might not be sending the free riders now. And, uh, yeah, I like get down and I'm like, what can I do? And I try the standard stacking beta and like just off with it and I just couldn't do it. And I like, I keep like trying, I go down to this, there's like a stance right there, kind of. There's like a knee bar and a bolt that I clip my personal into and there's a knee bar. There's a stance a foot below that where you can like kind of stand. And then there's like a knee bar that's like totally no hands and you can sit totally comfortably. And I like can unclip myself from the bolt. So it was logistically easiest to do that. That is my big asterisk on a free rider hmm. is that I did it from the stance. Um, and then you kind of like do some moves and then you climb up into the off with. And I realized that if I like really, really deep arm barred and like micro crimp the edge, I could like micro crimp these like tiny little crystals and get my foot super, super high, even though I had no chalk because it would just dig into my skin. And I like found myself squirming out of it and I <laughs> did it and then. Went to the top, and I actually, on the last pitch, there's, like, this slab, and then you just boulder that's, like, the steep roof boulder, and you clip an alpine to the to a piton. So if you fall out of this boulder where you throw your foot above your head, you, like, fall onto the slab. And I, like, fell out of this, onto the slab, like, kind of onto my back. Oh, man. I just, like, teched on the last pitch, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm falling all over this route. <laughs> and then I, like, came back, did it, and then it goes into this hand crack. It's, like, hand cracks and jug rocks to the top, and I, uh... Yeah, I like I'm summiting these. I'm like sending and I am in this hand crack to the top and the sun is rising as this is happening. And I'm like having like the like like the moment, you know, like the the topping out the route in the perfect hand crack with the sun rising after a night of fighting <laughs> super hard. And then yeah, topped out, went down, got pancakes. <laughs> that was it. That was my free writer story. <laughs> but it's just like to me, oh my God, Sam, dude. When Sam did it, he didn't fall. <laughs> I fell. I fell over fifteen times. Like I fell like Dude. so many times. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that and, no one talks about. It's like you know, it's it's so impressive when someone does El Cap in a day and they don't fall. Like that's just like execution. So it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. But then what no one talks about is like, okay, well that person climbs thirty pitches, but you're climbing like forty pitches. You know, you're cl- you're doing so yeah. much more climbing because <laughs> you're just falling so much. And, you know, when you're falling, you're probably doing the hard ones. <laughs> totally, exactly. The hardest yeah. parts over and over. God damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, so That's it was some like... some tenacity. I think that story is like, just funny. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I learned that I'm not that great at climbing through the night. Uh, and so I will not try to do that too much in the future. But <laughs> it, was, it was a fun t- uh, test run trial thing that I did. And I think that it's like a fun, yeah. Fun way to have done that rock climb. It made it like... <laughs> I think that there's a way that like if I'd had it really dialed and like cruised it, it would have felt like not that big of a deal. But because of it, it became this like effort and experience that I was so proud of. And I was like, I know that like maybe the route isn't, it still is like quite hard. It's hard to climb El Cap in a day, but like, it's not like um, that by itself wasn't something that would be like a lifeless, like accomplishment maybe. Mm-hmm. But like the way that that experience went for me was like, like a lifeless experience that like was one of the hardest I've ever tried. I don't like know if I will have to try that. I'm sure I will, but like, I don't know if I'll have to try that hard for as long mm. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah that was that was that story that's awesome man yeah i'm glad we made yeah. time for that congratulations yeah. way to get it done oh, thanks yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes oh. all right man yeah cool i think that might be it um yeah, cool. yeah do you have that to go to work good. i do well so i uh i don't have to go to work until 12 today okay yeah okay do you want to pivot and tackle some questions or do you want to be done? Sure. Yeah, no, no, totally. I, I have, I have time. I, okay. I told my work, I was like, I'm doing a thing in the morning and like, I will be in like, is it cool if I'm in late? And they were like, yeah, come in whenever. Okay, sweet. All it's right. Not, well, it's not a big deal. Let's yeah. wrap it up with that. With, with that. It's been, uh, it's been awesome, man. I appreciate you doing this. It's really fun to reconnect with you and to hear what you've been up to for the past few years. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stories in there. And yeah, I've got some questions from Sam. I've got some questions from uh, Hunter and uh, Sean and basically all your friends submitted questions. So patrons, stick around. We're going to dive into that. And for the rest of you, hope you enjoyed that. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Adrian. And just in case three hours wasn't enough, we ended up talking for another hour. We answered a bunch of fun questions from patrons, from people on Instagram, mostly his friends, honestly, but they were really great questions. And we covered a bunch of great topics. We talked about how he trains for trad and crack climbing and his recommendations for people that want to get better at that. We talked about the different skills that transfer between the different disciplines that he does and tips that he has for people that want to be all-rounders and be good sport climbers and trad climbers and big wall climbers. We talked about some of the strength training that he does, and we had a very long conversation about climbing shoes, specifically how he thinks about which shoes he wears on different projects. He thinks about it a lot, and so do I. So we both really geeked out on that, and I thought it was uh, really fun. He actually had some questions for me about my shoe choices on my projects here in Waco. So yeah, if you can't get enough of the nugget and if you enjoyed that conversation with Adrian, there's an extra hour available right now for patrons who support the show. I'm doing this for almost all my episodes these days. I call them extras. So if you can't get enough of the show, there's a lot of bonus content coming out every single week. You can get even more time with your favorite guests. You can even submit your own questions and have them answered in those extras. It's really, really fun. So I hope you check that out. And right now, there's a seven-day free trial. So if you just want to go listen to another hour with me and Adrian, that's available right now. You can sign up for free for seven days. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. There's no catch. You can cancel at any time. No questions asked. So go check it out. There's a link right there in your podcast app if you scroll down or you can go to patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Much love to all of you and we will see you next time. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it.